recorded live. Hey, Larry, I figured it out. Hang on a second, Larry. Hey, how you doing, man? How are you? Are you, are you back? Yeah. Yeah. Hey, what, what was your name? Vlad. Oh, Vlad? Yes. Oh, okay, okay. You said you went to court on Monday? Yeah, so uh, I had the hearing. I went to court on Monday. Uh, they called me up front, and uh, uh, I wrote down the, the stuff that I heard from you. Uh-huh. I wrote down that uh, I am a man, and I don't know any legalese, and I don't speak any, uh, you know, languages, uh, legal languages, and I don't part in any uh, legal society, and I didn't give my, I didn't, uh, I take away everything that I said or what I did, what I didn't say, what I didn't do, that might have uh, indicated that I uh, give my jurisdiction to anyone or anything other than a court of record. <laughs> Uh, and I gave those papers to him, uh-huh. and he didn't read them. He just took them and put them on his desk, and he's asking me, how do you want to plead? Do you want to plead guilty, not guilty, or no kind? And I look at him, and I'm like, uh, I'm very sorry, but I don't understand what I, what do I have to plead for. Uh, and he's looking at me, and he's like, what do you mean you don't understand? And I'm like, well, uh, for me to plead for something, uh, that means that I've done something wrong. So I want you to tell me first, what did I do wrong? <laughs> and he's and he's like, he's like, uh, well, what do you mean? You this is what it says in the paper. You defamed the police officer, right? And I'm like, well, okay. If you're saying that this is wrong, I want to see a man or a woman here standing in court testifying against me, or a claim that is made by a man or a woman testifying against me that I did that to them and that harmed them in any way. Wow. And he get he got really mad at me. He was like, prepare to book prepare to book this guy. And he he's like, Do you understand that I am in charge in this this court? Do you understand that I'm in charge? You're acting like you're in charge. Well, what what are you doing here? And they told the guard to take me away. So the guard started dragging me out of the court. Uh-huh. I didn't want to go, you know, I was kinda of resisting and stuff and they they called another three guys, so they uh-huh. got me out of court, and they put me in jail, and they uh, kept me about till 2 o'clock. Man, I don't know, I, seriously, I was so freaking down, I thought that's done, you know. Okay. I thought I'm done. <laughs> and about 2 o'clock, they, they sent uh, the highest guard, uh, the one who was in charge of the guards. Uh, he came, and he's like, uh, we've never seen this before, but the judge wants to see you for some reason. <laughs> And uh, they uh, you know, called me in front of the judge, and um, he right away is like, oh, I read your papers, what you wrote here. And he's like, uh, oh, yeah, by the way, when he put me in jail, he actually, you know, right now I'm out on bail. My family made bail for me. Okay. So when he put me Monday morning in jail, he put another $100,000 bail on me. Wow. He's like, I'm going to raise your, your bill 100000 more. So he raised 100000 more and put me in jail. And then now when he calls me, he simply says that he read my papers and he's asking me, he's, he literally said this, Mr. Vladimir, what do you want me to do? Do you want me to remove the bail that I said today in the morning for you so you can go home? And I was 
I was scared at the time. I should have said I wanted to remove the bail completely and dismiss and discharge the claim, you know, uh, fully because it's an improper claim field. But I was just scared, and I said yes, and so he removed the bail, and he let me go. Wow. Yeah. yeah you so, I mean, they set another... You're scared, so, I mean, I understand that yeah, you're just going to say, no, I require you. Yeah, I was. I, I didn't know what was going on because I didn't expect him to call me back. While I left, you know, whatever. Well, like you know? I said, you, you know, they already got you out on a hundred grand before. You know, what's the odds of your family being able to get another hundred grand going? Yeah. What's the odds? So yeah, you might as well just. I understand you, Skip. <laughs> so, but I never had this sponsor. Anyway, they set another uh, hearing for me. Now on the 21st, so I gotta go on 21st there again. So what I, why I wanted to talk to you, I wanted to talk to you, maybe give me a little bit of uh, advice of how do how do I talk to him? What do I do so I can just dismiss this right away so he doesn't treat me into right, right, right. Again there. You try to get it done before the 21st, obviously. Yeah, you want to try to try to get rid of it before the 21st. Yeah, exactly. You know, before you gotta go to before you got to go to uh, another hearing. That way you don't have to go to a hearing. That way, you know, you want it gone. Oh, yeah. So what do I do? Well, yeah, I'll talk to you about that. Uh, but what I'm saying is that's what you're going to have to do. Well, I just wanted to ask you a little question, man. <coughs> I know you called me up the other day, about a week ago. and um, Yeah, this is... This is you, I know you get real desperate, you know, try to talk to me. But I didn't even ask you. I think I asked you, like, your name was, like, Vladimir or something like that. Is that yeah. what it was? Yeah, yeah, that was my name. I was trying to remember, you know, just simple things like, where are you from? Like, you know, are you Romanian, Russian, I mean, Ukrainian? Uh, I'm Moldovan. Moldovan? Oh, okay. Well, how long ago did you, did you hear about me? I mean, what made you uh, try this this way? About 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 five days ago. Five I, days ago. I came out. Yeah, five days ago, and I had this. I knew I had. I knew I had to go uh, to the hearing, and I spoke with so many lawyers. I tried to get so many lawyers. Everyone would tell me that I have no chance. And the lawyer that they appointed to me is a woman. She told me right away that. Uh, she was like, uh, in this country, it's legal for cops to lie, so I don't see how you would be able to win your case. So <laughs> I've been to everything. Yeah, that, that's and good. A lady told you the truth, she said, in this country. See, like I said, people don't understand. I, I tell people all the time, the very first day that the police go into a police academy, they're told, we can't lie to a man, we can't steal from a man, we can't hurt a man, we can't take property away from the man. We can't even tell a man what he can do with his property. Now let's talk about suspects. We could lie to suspects. We could lie to drivers. We could lie to crooks. We could steal from drug dealers. We could shoot, you know, criminals. We could shoot bank robbers, but we can't shoot a man. So see, that's the whole thing. They, they, they could do all these things. Because the police are just an actor, and a, a suspect is just an actor. And a pedophile is just an actor. So they could they could lie to everything else, but they can't lie to a man. You see, so that's that's what's funny. You know, it's like what we can't lie to a man. No, it is really it's really like you said, a fucking 
play with words. Yeah, they're just acting, man. This is just a big, fun game. Everybody's just acting. And when you go in public, you're just acting in public. It's just You're just acting. It's all acting, you know? But when you tell them you're a man, you say, I'm man, you know, that's, that's the end of the game. You know, they've got to stop. You know, they're all told they can't harm man, they can't control a man, they can't tell another man what to do. You know, they're not in control of any other man. But they're in control of drunks, they're in control of, uh, you know, thieves in charge of crooks. They're in charge of, you know, that they could beat up, they could beat up a thief, they could shoot a crook. You know, all these things they could do, but they can't do it to a man. So that's why they call you defendant or speeder or crook or drug dealer or pedophile or rapist because they can do whatever they want to, you know, to those people, to those things. But they can't, they can't do anything to a man. You know, they can't judge their fellow man, you know. They, you know, they can't harm their fellow man. It's just an act, man. It's still acting out there. But that was good that you had fun in court, but it's funny that they put you in jail for a little bit, so that probably got you a little scared. <laughs> yeah, I, I, seriously, I didn't, I, you know, I really, you know, I, when I, I have a good reasoning, you know, so when I started to look up for stuff, first of all, I wanted to just learn the laws and see whether all of this is legal for them to do, you know, and I started looking through stuff and I came up on your website. I read a little bit of your uh, documentary that I had and then I found your YouTube videos. Yeah, but you're trying to tell me you did this four or five days ago? Yeah, it was about four or five days ago, man. Oh, like a week ago is when I started, like, watching your stuff. I thought you were going to say four or five months ago, or four or five years ago. No, 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 no. You did pretty good in four or five days. I was scared to death, man, seriously. I was like, okay. I walked into the portrait, I was like, man, they're going to shoot me now. <laughs> yeah, now they're really bad. Yeah, but what's funny is it, it was only four or five days ago. That's too funny. That's too funny. I'm glad it worked out pretty good, man. Yeah. So, uh, any, anything else that you can tell me that I should do other than, like, what do you see that I... Yeah, well, well how do you do, man? It's just take a picture of that uh, that paperwork you put into the court, and that way I could work off of that piece of paper. Because I don't want to tell you, right. I don't, I don't want to say anything. I also, I also, I also, no, 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 dude, dude, just wait, just wait, say, just wait. I'm trying to explain. All right. All right. If you said something on that piece of paper, I'm going to work with what you wrote. I don't want to change the story. I don't want to make it too different. Obviously, obviously, it worked pretty good. So obviously, I don't want to make it too different. I'm going to try to use exactly what you wrote and maybe just tweak it a little bit, you know, tighten it up a little bit. Okay. How well how long do you know the English language, man? Uh, well, I'm in this country for about seven years, so about okay, seven good. years. Good, good. All right. Yeah, I'll be able to uh, get something really simple that you'll understand. All right. It'll be easy enough to do that. But, yeah, I just take a picture of the... <clears throat> paperwork you put into the court the other day and uh, text message it to me and that way I could write something to go along with it. Can you receive text, uh, picture messages? Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Just take a picture of it, whatever you wrote. And, uh, yeah, because what's good is if you take text messages, 
I could read it pretty right. quick, so I probably am not reading my emails. <laughs> One more thing. One more thing. Thank you. Oh, hard. Excuse me. You said one more thing. I said, yeah, you said thank you. Yeah, thank you. Okay. Thank you, sir. <laughs> yeah. Thanks a lot. Thanks a lot. You've done so much to me, you don't understand. Like, I really want to meet you. I yeah. really want to meet you. I am indebted to you. I appreciate it. <laughs> so, uh, what did you, uh, oh, what is the one more thing you uh, wanted to ask me? Yeah, I wanted to ask you, um, how hard would it be to, to sue these <laughs> You, you, to me, you just want to get on with your life. Trust me, man. You just want to learn a lot more than four days' worth of work, and you want to learn a lot more of my stuff before you even think about suing them. You see what I'm saying? you got to study a lot more. You know, I, I, I can't walk you through it. But I can't walk you by the hand, but if you could already figure it out in about four days how to start doing it, I don't think it's going to take you long to make a claim to sue them. I guess. Okay. Because, right. like because yeah, if you don't sue them, you're going to have to sue a man. You're going to have to go after a man, not a them. You're going to have to go after a man. Well, I'll show you, I'll show you the paper because I already put some some <coughs> some papers together. I'll show you what I, what I did, and then you can you can go from there and, and see. Right. Uh, do you have any like uh, uh, like anything that you wrote or like some DVDs or videos that I can? Purchase from you or something like that, so I can just well, go over everything that you. Like I said, instead of me just sending you uh, the DVD that I'm not sure exactly what you've done, why don't you just let me see what you wrote, and in that way, instead of me sending you a wrong DVD, I could send you one that makes sense. Perfect. perfect. And, uh, instead of me sending you one that explains uh, how to get your child back, or dealing with the IRS, you know, let me see what you're working on, and I'll send you yeah. something that just. Just for that. that sounds awesome. Thanks a lot, man. And uh, I really appreciate the fact that you called me, man. Yeah, well, I'm just glad that uh, all the lawyers told you that you didn't have a chance. Yeah, I mean, you know, when he told me that, when she told me that, I was like, yeah. She told you they could lie, right? Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> Yeah. Well, what did she say? She said they could lie, and you say you don't have a chance. She said, she said this. She said that in this country, it's legal for a cop to lie in court. Yes, it is. Because I have a friend who's a detective, and uh, he said that to my mom the other day. He says, he says he lies all the time to people on the street. He lies all the time in court. He says the judges can lie. Everybody can lie. It, it's sad because it's legal to lie. It's unlawful to lie to your fellow man, but it's legal to lie to a drug dealer or a speeder. It's legal to lie to a, a suspect. It's legal to lie to a... You know. The hell with this game, and we good people have to come together and freaking do something about it because this has been going on for too long. Well, like I said, the big thing is it's just something simple like you did is what I'm trying to teach people. You could do it in four days, man. See, I really think there's a lot of hope. If somebody like you could just, who does, you know, really know the language to, you know, well, and, you know, don't really know the I think this is, this is the most simple thing to understand because it's reasonable. Everything that you talk about, you say, it actually makes perfect sense, you know? Right. It, it's too easy. And people just, 
like I said, it's usually people like you who uh, don't speak the language very well or don't have a, a very high uh, English education, you know, that can understand my stuff because it's like talk very simple. And, it, and it's not complicated. And you could go to court and you just say, I need to see the man or woman who say I do wrong. And that's it. You know, I'm a man and I'm looking for a man. Who's the man who said I do wrong? And it's, it's it's that easy. And that's it. It's like, no, I don't have to speak to anybody else. I just have to speak to a man. I'm a man. I'm looking for a man. Where's man? You know, where's man? Where's the man? Where's the woman? Where's the man who said I do wrong? And they'll say you didn't do anything wrong. I swear to God, they'll say you didn't do anything wrong. They'll say what you did was illegal. Say, well, I don't speak legal. I don't know what legal is. I'm not a legal person. I don't know what you're talking about. I don't understand. Talk to me man to man. Did I do something wrong to a man? Where is that man? I want to tell him I'm sorry. I want to pay him. I want to make it, I, I want to make it right. You know, very simple. I mean, it's it, it's it's ridiculous. It's, it's ridiculous. It's so it's it's it's, it's too, too easy. It's too simple. And people just don't want to understand. They want to think it's more complicated. They want to think they have to say the Constitution or they have to say uh, something about the Bible or they have to say something about they have rights. All the silly stuff. It's a waste of time. Yeah. No, you know, your stuff makes sense to me on so many levels. Just because, like, think about it. You ever, all these codes and legislations that they pass. It is actually a man's opinion about something, right? Yeah, I see. I'm just my so, dog. Come on, press. They're just my dog dogs walking over here. Hang on a second. That's my stupid dog got the other dogs walking. Hang on a second. I just got to throw some food out there. And they shut up. <laughs> it's pretty easy to get them shut up. You throw them food and they shut up. Here you go. Hello? Still here? <laughs> yeah, it's a lot of me, man. It's, it's cool, man. Where do you actually live now, man? Where do you uh, apart from? Uh, I'm in I'm in California, Sacramento. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know if I'll be in Sacramento, man, but I know I'll be in the Bay Area, hopefully. Bay Area. Uh, Whenever yeah. you're in the Bay Area, you just you call me or text me. I'll be there anytime. Alrighty. Anytime, Alrighty. I'll meet you. All right, like I said, man, just take a picture. I'm going to uh, do a show on that. My, on my, I don't know if you even found my website, if you ever found my talk show thing, my talk show. The, uh, the, the Uncommon Law that comes? Yeah, but it's uh, it's on something called Talk Show, you know, talkshow.com. Yeah, yeah. Have you ever found yeah. that yet? I don't think so. I'll search through the links and I'll find it. Though. Yeah, will you take well, your... You can, you can, you can text it to me. Yeah, if you take a picture of your letter, just text it, uh, and I'll send you the link, and you can listen tonight if you feel like it. All right. Sure. All right, man. I appreciate wow. your time, Mr. Lenz, and uh, looking forward to meet you. All right. Good to see you, Mr. Lenz. Thanks. I'm glad Bye. I didn't have to spend another hundred grand. All right. Take care, man. <laughs> Thanks. Bye. All right. No problem, man. Goodbye. <coughs> <coughs> Oh, let's go phone. Hey, Carl. Hang on a second. I'm trying to see. Yeah, I can't tell. 
if I got to split the call, if I'm still on the call. Hey, Carl? Hang on a second. Is this Vlad or is this? Yeah. What, what you got, Carl? No, I just hear noise in the background, uh, Larry. Is this is this Vladimir or is this is Vladimir still on or? I'll just hang up and I get it. No, everybody's on the call. If you if you're not speaking, as a matter of fact, uh, mute yourself out. Why we'll have to mute you out. So uh, you're not speaking. Mute yourself out. Mute yourself out. So you're not speaking. Mute yourself out. Okay, Carl. Hey, hey, Larry, this is Gus. Uh, hey, what's up, Gus? Yeah, Carl just fell off the call. Oh, you fell off? Yeah. Oh, okay, you fell off, man. Are you running the board? Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, you 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 want it? Oh, uh, yeah, it doesn't matter. I'll, I'll I'll take it if you uh, if you want me to. Oh, uh, well, I mean, if you if you want the board, you can have. You you want to take it, Larry? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, uh, Larry. I'll jump. Can I'll you jump. Hear me, Larry? Yeah, me. Uh, Gus is on the call too, Carl. That's Gus. Okay. Yeah, I just heard. Um, what do they call it? I just hear a lot of background noise like. Sounds like people are like talking in the kitchen or something, like a restaurant or something. Oh, okay, well I'm finna mute them out then. See who it is. Yeah, it's still here. Yeah, it's still here. Yeah, it's still here. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna jump on the I'm gonna jump on the board, Carl. All right, yeah. Did you hear that guy Vlad just now, man? Oh yeah, I've been I've been on since you started. Yeah, but pretty cool about that guy, huh? Yes, it is. Absolutely. That was too funny because he just text messaged me just before the show started, and he said that, uh, he says, uh, you know, I got some good news and that happened in court. So uh, that's crazy, man, that the guy uh probably been doing my stuff about four or five days. <laughs> yeah, it's like that guy Dave in uh, Massachusetts that only did it for eight days. Oh yeah, but what's what's funny is uh like he told me, he says, uh he was out on he's out on a hundred thousand dollar bail or bond or something like that. Hundred thousand? I didn't hear that part. Yeah. I, I yeah, missed yeah. the first minute. And then the judge just wanted to try to hit him up for uh another hundred. And then he read the paperwork and the judge said, uh <laughs> you know, Oh listen to the call. I think he said something about him like uh the judge asked me, do you, do, you, "Do you want me to drop the bail? Do you want me to take the bail off you so you can go home today?" You know, the guy's like, "Yeah, of course I want you. It's not trying, you know, put another hundred thousand on me." <laughs> yeah. yeah, crazy, huh? Wow. He, he said he only been doing for what five days. Yeah, that's what he said. Yeah, he said he's. <laughs> he said he was going through lawyers and talking to lawyers and trying to find lawyers and he said he wasn't happy with anything the lawyers were telling him. It says everybody said he you don't have a chance. You know. So that's funny. All the lawyers tell him he doesn't have a chance. You know, and even as public defender said, you know, in this country it's legal for cops to lie. And that's what I've been trying to tell every fucking body. And nobody wants to believe me. 
and all these doubters, man, when I say, hey, look, Mike the cop said flat out he's allowed to lie to get a confession. You know? And this guy, Vlad, just said, his public defender lady said, look, buddy, you don't got a chance. In this country, it's legal for cops to lie. They could lie in court. They could lie before they get to court. It's legal. And I keep telling people. And nobody wants to believe it. And like, oh, I'll call you crazy. And like I said, that's why there's a man from Tennessee who came down here and helped me put a water heater in and helped me put some pipes under the house here, this office trailer. And he uh, said that... Uh, he said to you know, show my mom. He's a detective. He showed me, you know, go old badge and hold it. He says, hey man, as a detective man, he says I'd lie all the time, and I lie on a witness stand. I, the judges lie in court. Everybody lies, you know. We're just all actors, and we all are protected. We're all allowed to lie. It it sounds obscene, you know, that they're allowed to lie, and you people don't think they're allowed to lie, and they just, you know, everybody's t- telling everybody now, yeah, we, we we're allowed to lie. And what are you going to do about it? I mean, it's like this spitting in your face. You know? You know, a lot to lie. What are you going to do about it? And I tell people all the time, look, they're taught from the day one of the police academy that they can't lie to a man, but they can lie. Now let's talk about suspects. We can lie to suspects. Well, we can't hurt a man. Well, let's talk about a suspect. We can't shoot a man, but let's talk about a suspect. Well, we can shoot a suspect. Can we shoot a man? No, we can't shoot a man. So when you get stopped by a cop, you better get it right out there quick, man. Hey, you're looking at a man here. Man. Man. Hello. Man. Fat man. Fellow man. Hello. Man here. That's what uh, Jimmy Lynn did two, three years ago. You know, after that first, after the first one, take an order, take an order, take an order one. I said, hey, you want to try even an easier one? You want to try a funnier one than just an order? He's like, yeah, okay. What's another one called? What, what other one you got? I said, just when the cop says license registration, I say, hello, man. I'm a man. You man? Yeah, I'm a man, man. Well, man? Yeah, okay. So Jimmy Lynn did that. He asked the office. So he said, you know, uh, you know you're know, you a man? Yes. So I said, I'm a man, too. Oh, really? License registration. It's like, you trying to tell another man what he can and cannot do with his property? Like the cop was just like license registration. And Jimmy Lynn said, you're a man. I'm a man. Are you trying to tell another man what to do? And he said, the police officer just walked away, got in his car and left. And Jimmy's like, that was too easy to call. He said it on one of my shows. It must have been in an October show because he was here in November. He said, this call, I'm going to drive up there to see if you're for real. He said, because that was just too fucking easy. And this is what I'm trying to tell people. It is just that fucking easy. You don't have to cite the Ninth Amendment. You don't have to set the Seventh Amendment. You don't got to do all this crazy shit. You know, just say, hey, I'm man, you're man. What the hell's going on here? Talk to me. What do we got? What seems to be the problem? Somebody do something wrong? What's going on? Tell you done something illegal. I don't give a shit about legal. You see, this is what's funny. Is when I say that, I used to say this to people all the time. And people used to say, Carl, you're crazy. No, I'm not. They say, well, what you do is illegal. I hope so. What? I don't know what the hell's legal or illegal. What the hell do I care? I'm not going to sit around and try to figure it out. Today it's legal, tomorrow it's illegal. Watch, it's legal and illegal at the same time. Depends who you are. Depends what your title is. Depends what your position is. Depends how much money you have. It could be legal and illegal at the same time. It's illegal to have a gun. Really? Well, what happens if you're a cop? Well, that's okay. Well, what happens if you're poor? Well, that's illegal. Well, what happens if you're rich? Well, then it's legal. Why? Because a rich guy could pay fucking for a lawyer to get it done, and then the lawyer will have it deemed that it was legal. Oh, okay. 
It's ridiculous. How can it be legal and illegal at the same time? It can't. And when it's lawful or unlawful, it stays that way for all eternity. Law doesn't change. Like the law of gravity, you fall down, you're going to hit the ground. That's the law. So when people say you're sovereign and the laws don't abide to you, I said, oh, really? So you're saying the law of gravity, when I hit the ground, I won't go out? You're saying when I get old, I won't die, the law of nature won't take over and kill me? Well, you better believe it, Well, You know, when I say I'm going to walk into the courthouse, well, don't you think the walk to the courthouse is going to hurt when I walk into the courthouse? Don't you think I better walk through the open threshold and not walk into the courthouse? Because walking into a courthouse, I can't pass through it like God can. I don't possess sovereign qualities. But when it comes to the government, something that man creates, oh, you better believe I have sovereign qualities. If man created a government, if man created a chair, if man created a pencil, oh, you better believe I have godlike qualities over that pencil or over that chair or over that government. Oh, you better believe I have sovereign qualities. Oh, you better believe I could destroy that pencil. You better believe I could take that pencil and make it disappear. Oh, you better believe it. So when they say you're sovereign, sovereign is what? Possessing godlike qualities here over what? My fellow man? Absolutely not. Over law? Absolutely not. Over that which I create? Oh, you better believe it. Do I determine whether this, uh, you know, pencil in my hand exists or no longer exists? Do I break it down back into the atoms of which it came from? You better believe I can. And what power on earth is going to stop me? So when you hear those little things like the power, you know, resides with the people. You know, the people have the sovereign power over the government, that which they create. That, that's telling you the truth. But to just walk around and say, I'm sovereign, is, is ridiculous. You know, it's ridiculous. you got to quantify it. you got to limit it. you got to say what you're sovereign over. What you have certain qualities, that, you know, that God-like, that you could create and destroy. Just don't walk around and say, oh, I'm sovereign. Oh, really? You're going to float through that wall, huh? Really, I'd love to see that sovereign. You better quantify what you're saying, or you're going to look like you're a madman. You're going to look like you're insane. So, uh, hey, you know, drinking milk is actually keeping me from coughing. That's weird. Most people say it makes phlegm and makes you cough, but no, it's doing the opposite. But anyway, uh, yeah, stuff you know happened this week, so it was pretty good. Filed a, a lawsuit against Mike the cop. I don't know if I said that on the last show, and uh, also filed a lawsuit against a, a man who uh, uh, did a false telling, who put that story in the paper. By saying that Frank was charged with all this stuff, Frank's not charged with anything. He's been held on a warrant. Nobody has actually charged him with anything. The reason why they can't charge him with anything is the same reason why I tell all you pot growers and the guy who flew me up to Chicago for five grand, I said, you're wasting your money, buddy. I said, they can't charge you with growing pot in your house. He says, yes, they did. I said, I'm telling you, I'm looking at the paperwork. And said, well, they didn't. He said, yes, they did. He says, I got, the, you know, like the highest fucking price lawyer in Chicago. I said, he's stealing your money because you're not charged with nothing. And then when I got up to Chicago, he still paid me five grand anyway. Next day, he went to his lawyer. Said to the lawyer, tell this man the truth. What's that? He's not charged with anything. 
Well, he's got a very serious allegations against him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Tell this man the truth. Is he charged or isn't he been charged for the last seven months? Honestly, no, he's not charged with anything. Man, that guy paying five grand exploded. He's like, are you shitting me? Are you telling me that they've been dragging me around and making me sweat like this and scaring the living bejesus out of me and they never charged me? He said, well, there's some serious allegations there. You know, you should take the plea deal and, you know, do your year on probation, you know, pay your fine and uh, say you'll never do it again and get drug therapy. And the guy's like, you're kidding me. See, because this guy's wife thought I was nuts. The, the night before, I, I had to leave the house because the wife kept giving me crap. Well, why are you listening to this guy? Why are you listening to this guy call? Why are you listening to this guy doing the call? Of course, it's your crime. You spent 20 grand on a fancy attorney, man. He knows what he's doing. This guy calls a nut. What the hell is calling, though? You know, you got a top-dollar attorney here, one of the highest-priced ones in Chicago. Of course he knows what he's doing. Call doesn't know shit. And this guy heard the next day he wasn't charged with a crime. When he got to court, his wife even slapped him in the hallway. He says, holy shit, you are charged with a crime. Call right. Of course I'm right. You can't charge you with doing something in your house. It's your fucking house. You can't charge somebody within a private. They can't charge Frank with doing anything to anybody in his house. It's his fucking house. It's not their house. They don't know jurisdiction will go on to somebody else's domicile under the domestic authority doctrine. Everybody around the world knows that. Everybody but you USA citizens. Obviously, you don't have an effing clue. Obviously, you think the cops could charge you with a crime for doing something in your house. It's like if people say, oh, yeah, Frank's charged with a crime. He's, he's been charged criminally. He's in criminal court. No. I'm pretty damn sure I gave Gus the, uh, a picture of the of the charges against him. He's not, it gives you four choices: criminal court, uh, civil court, traffic court, or, or domestic family court. He's in family court. He's not in criminal court. He's not charged with anything. If he was charged, he'd be in criminal court. He's not in criminal court. And this is what I tell people all the time: these little Susie Cupcake school teachers, 20, 30-year-old little bimbos banging fucking little 13, 14-year-old boy students. They go to criminal court. They don't go to family court. Their face goes on CNN News. The the the, the events that happen gets published on CNN News, on Fox News. No, Frank's is, <clears throat> Frank is in sort of a family court. They're not allowed to have uh, the evidence. They're not allowed to see the facts. They're not allowed to cross-examine the accuser. They're not even allowed to. They're not allowed to have uh, a jury. You better believe those school teachers who get arrested for fucking thirteen-year-old boys. You better believe they have a right to a jury. You better believe they have the right to see the evidence. You better believe they have the right to look at the case file. I can't look at the case file. I can't look at the case file. Nobody can look at the case. This is what I tried to tell people when I went to family court for six years. For six years, I was led to believe the state of Alabama took my kids away. I thought the state of Alabama took my kids. They said, no, we never took your kids. What? No, you voluntarily gave them to us. What? The 30th trial. I said, you've got to be shitting me. You think I spent all this money on all these fucking lawyers. You think I went to 29 trials before this one. Just to hear you fucking tell me, Carl, you could have had them back any time you wanted. You voluntarily gave them to us. You, you know, they signed the contract. What? You mean I'm not charged with abuse and neglect? No. We never went to court and had a trial. For, no. Are you shitting me? 
You never took my kids. No, we never took your kids. You're shitting me. No, you voluntarily surrendered them. Bullshit. Yeah, there's a voluntary agreement. There's a contract in that file. You mean there's this ADL lady's name on it? That's that's the contract? Hey, all I got to tell you, Carl, is there's a contract and you voluntarily placed them with the state. Because it's oh, this is bullshit. But that's what they said. When people say, oh, Carl got his kids taken away from him in Alabama. No, I didn't. Oh, well, Carl, uh, uh, you know, he never got his kids back. Never got his kids back because they said you voluntarily placed them. So Alabama said Carl never lost them. Carl could have just came and count them any time he wanted. Oh, really? Then how come you people for 29 trials, man, didn't tell me why you were holding my kid? Well, kids, uh, it was ridiculous. And the same thing now. Oh, this is going to be a lot of fun. They took my two girls. They left the boy here, which is kind of ridiculous because if they're worried about sexual abuse, he can't really articulate verbally anything that's happening to him because he can't speak very well. He speaks very basic, simple words. And he certainly doesn't know what's right or wrong. He couldn't tell you what a good touch is or a bad touch is. So if anybody could be sexually uh, molested or hurt, it would definitely be him because he couldn't articulate. And I'm not telling you uh, male child molesters to come here and visit my house and molest my kid. I'm just saying, and don't look for Down's kids because, hey, man, they're easy meat. I'm not trying to encourage that, but I'm trying to say Down's kids can't protect themselves because they can't articulate. They don't know that somebody can't do what they're doing to them. (coughs) So why is the boy here? And they took the girl. Well, they took the girl because obviously they said they were afraid that I was going to tell her to, to, to say that Grandpa didn't do it. And honestly, the girl said to my niece, she said, uh, honestly, I found it to the school counselor to say there's a boy bully in the hallway picking on her all the time. And she wanted to report a bully in the school hallway bothering her all the time. And then she said, all, all this guy in council lady wanted to talk about was the, the men who live at the house and uh, that the men at the house bother her. And she said, yeah, you know, she said, I told him Grandpa bothers me all the time. Well, the only problem with her saying that Grandpa bothers me all the time is the word bother is molest. So when people look up the word molest in the dictionary, it says to bother somebody. So the little girl said, yes, I said Grandpa bothers me all the time. He punishes me, he upset me, he bothers me all the time. Well, the lady wrote that, he molested, molests her. Everybody remembers that 60, 70-year-old lady who called me up on a show one time. And she said, Carl, this is ridiculous. I got a 35-year-old son, and he's got a 7-year-old boy and a 5-year-old girl. And he got his kids taken away from him because the 7-year-old was molesting the 5-year-old. I said, well, usually 5-year-olds molest 7-year-olds. It's very weird to have a 7-year-old molest a 5-year-old. And she said, Carl, you're crazy. There was no molesting going on. I said, of course there is. She's, he's bothering her. He must be flipping the TV channels when she wants to watch a show. Or he's playing a video game, or she's playing a video game, and he takes over the remote control or something. Yeah, of course he bothers the shit out of her. And, and the dad just lets it happen. The little girl said to the five-year-old girl, yes, uh, my little brother Timmy, he bothers me all the time. I'm watching TV, and, and he turns the channel. Well, what does daddy do? Daddy doesn't do anything. Daddy lets him bother me. Yeah, well, there you go. Molest. So it goes from the little girl's word, says, bother, to the word, molest. And then all of a sudden, 
thing you know, you're being accused of letting a seven-year-old molest a five-year-old, and you don't know what to fucking say. You say, that's crazy. I would never let a seven-year-old molest a five-year-old. If they ask me that, of course I'll let the fucking seven-year-old molest a five-year-old. Why? Because it's going to teach the five-year-old to stand up and say, hey, don't bother me no more. See, but social service workers and cops who are legally allowed to lie to you use the word molest instead of the word father. And the next thing you know is you're denying that any molesting ever happened any time in your entire life. When I said to that 65-year-old lady, I hope I'm molesting you right now, she said, what? I said, I think I'm probably the world's biggest molester. I think I bother everybody. I don't think there's anybody that I don't harry, you know, confuse, that I don't make somebody, like, think what the hell's going on, that I make things complicated and make things confusing for people. I think I molest a lot of people around the world. But nothing has to do with my hands. It doesn't mean that you sexually molest. It didn't say sexual molesting. It said molesting. Or molested. <laughs> so they use these silly words to make you people squeal like little schoolgirls. Like, oh my God, Paul just said he molested that 65-year-old woman on his show. Yeah, I think I molested her for about uh, 17, 18 minutes that night. Didn't you all see it? Well, uh, no, call. Uh, we were here in a home. No, see means to understand. I mean, did you visually witness it? I said, did you see it? Oh, but that's right. That's another cute word. Did you fuck us all think you know what the word see means? And it really means to understand. It doesn't mean visually impaired. Like when Jesus made the blind see, it didn't mean he actually visually restored their vision. He just made it even so simple. Even a blind man can see what Jesus can understand what Jesus is saying. It doesn't have to be written down. They just felt it in their heart. He spoke and they understood that's how you made the blind see. You didn't have to read a stupid tablet. You didn't have to read a stupid Torah. You didn't have to read the Talmud. You didn't have to read a Bible. Even a blind could see what Jesus was saying. It was so simple. Even like this man, Vlad. Oh, what did he say? He was from Moldova? Yeah, even he could see it. That's why I got people from Montenegro. It's weird, man. You know what? I get a lot of you know, your Eastern European people listening to my stuff. No Western Europeans. It's amazing. I mean, it's pretty amazing. The Western Europeans must be so ingrained with the bullshit. They're so happy to be social. They're so happy to be uh, aggressives. You know, so they they don't even they don't they don't care anymore. You know, they've already been conquered. They're a conquered people. They're already willing to you know be a socialist type of nations. Oh, because I never hear anybody from Western Europe writing to me or asking me a question. I've never had anybody from Germany or France or Spain or Portugal, well, you say, well, V-Town's kind of whatever. But you know what I'm saying. People who actually live over there in that continent on the Western side call me up. But the Eastern people, man, it's like they barely speak English and like, holy shit, we totally understand what you're doing, Carl. We totally get it. But good, it translates that well over there. Yeah, just makes sense. So, uh, yeah, like I said, somebody's want to ask, man, did you send a bill to that lady yet for $86,400 a day? And so, uh, I'm just instead of doing a one-day bill, because that's going to be too annoying to do one day every, every day, I'm just going to send a bill every 10 days, and I'm going to have a process server hand it to them. I'm not going to bother sending it through the mail. I'm going to have an affidavit from a process server who says he's an officer of the court 
and that he'll swear before the court that he tendered this document to this man or this woman on this day. And that's all I'm going to do. I'm going to have a process server hand it to them and send me the affidavit saying that they handed him this document, which is going to be a bill. And it's just funny. I was looking for a really cool uh, format to send a bill in. And one said, like, a bill of particulars. Like, what was the particulars of the bill? And I said, like, you know what? I kind of like that. You know, saying that she's a, a, a flutist. She's a soccer player. <laughs> she, uh, you know, that's worth that much money. Being a soccer player is worth that much. Being a playing a flutist is that much money. You know, just the bill of particulars. It's pretty funny. It's like, hey, you know what? Yeah, let's write down the particulars of what she is. You know, that's just say one girl... <laughs> $6,400 a day. They $864,000. So instead of just doing that, I said, you know what? Let's take a particular thing. You know, explain why she's of such great worth and value. You know, tap dance is saying she's a triple actor. You know, she's a triple threat. She plays the flute. You know, <laughs> she's just like Miley Cyrus. You know, she, she's saying she dances. You know, <laughs> she plays a musical instrument. <laughs> she's worth every bit. Miley Cyrus, Billy Ray Cyrus gets a million dollars a day when he rents her out to, or uh, leases her out to Disney or Pixar. Well, hell, my kid's coming, you know, ten times cheaper than Miley Cyrus. Is, you know, and Disney's paying for her. So, like I said, you got to understand who you deal with. And I, I'm not, Disney's not asking me taking my kid. You know, it's the state or the county. So I was like, well, how much are they really going to you know, how deep are their pockets and how much are they willing to uh, to afford. So I said, you know what, let's do at least the first 10 days, man. The 10-day bill, that's going to be a fun one. And I'm just going to say, uh, if you haven't, um, if you've already paid the bill, if you already sent the check to this post office box, I don't get up to the office box very often, but if you've already sent the check, you know, the, district, the rest of this letter, if you haven't sent the check, it's been past 10 days, and I'm going to require, you know, the compensation for the use and enjoyment of that which is mine and that which is not yours. Now, uh, if you wish to, re that's fine as well. Still going to require the past 10 days to be paid for, you know, in full. Uh, you have 72 hours to pay to make the full payment in full or start the debt collection process. So have a lovely day. And then just stick a blank uh, warrant and debt form, you know, the regular standardized warrant and debt form, uh, along with the bill. And they'll say, oh, that's what he's going to do. He's going to issue us a warrant and debt. If they issue a warrant and debt, and then in 21 days, they're going to have to answer, or you get a default or summary judgment on them, or you have them uh, issue a warrant. You issue a warrant for them to bring come into the court so they can read the charges out to them and explain why they haven't paid the bill. And then when they didn't pay the bill, you say to the judge, okay, they want to start the garnishment process. You know, I'd like to have a garnishment hearing, you know, in the next uh, week or two. And the judge will set the garnishment hearing. And after the garnishment hearing, you can say, I also want to start the lien process as well. I want to have a hearing to set a lien. And this is what people always make a mistake with. You guys always run out there and say, I want to start the lien process. It's like, okay, did you get a judgment against them? Well, no. Well, you're going to start the lien process without the judgment. How are you going to do that? Unless you're trying to do something like a mechanics lien. 
But everybody just says, no, 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 I'm going to go for a lien. Well, you got to get the judgment. Then you go for the garnishment. Then you go for the lien. You know, that's... Hey, you hey Carl. Huh. Hey, Carl, uh, you want to take any questions? I see, uh, man, you got a lot of people on the call, and you got quite a few with their hands up, so I guess they want to ask you a question. Although they, want to, they, want to know, they want to know when I'm going to switch over to Angela's show? No, I don't know what they're not. Everybody, I think they, 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 want to, they, know, they want to ask. They want to ask who's the guest on Angela's show tonight. Is that what they want to ask? Her? <laughs> you might that, that might be one of the questions too, huh? Yeah, but like I said, that's the, the problem. Is uh, I'll just finish up because uh, <laughs> what I was leading up with Angela's show, and uh, when she started getting all hyped, I was trying to explain to her. Do you understand? Goes, I don't know. Did I did I tell you this, Larry? I think yeah, I told you this. Everybody yeah. gets everybody gets this wrong. So so supposedly, you know, uh, they they say they got a confession from Frank, and Frank's a very horrible man, and they're holding without bail, holding without bond, all sorts of nonsense. And uh, for all these horrible crimes he did. So every single person I've talked to has gotten this wrong. When they they started questioning him. Uh, five weeks ago, it's three weeks. Three weeks, you know, it's been two weeks now since he's been arrested. Five weeks ago, they started investigating him, and uh, they called his company and told him to, when his truck comes through Virginia, to tell him to meet them and that he would. Uh, they wanted him for questioning. But five weeks ago, when he got to a local uh, rest area, he told uh, he called the sheriff's department when he got to this county and said, I'm in the local rest area. What do you want? They said, just sit right there. So they came and they picked him up in the police car, and they brought him down to the sheriff's department for questioning. And he told them everything that he really wanted. You know, they asked him, you know, did you do this? He's like, no, that's ridiculous. And they're like, did you do this? No, that's ridiculous. So five weeks ago, they uh, picked him up on the side of the highway and questioned him and then brought him back to his truck. And then he got back in his truck and went back to work. And it's so funny, the police will tell you, we ne- they'll say they never did that. They'll say, no, we never picked Frank up out of his truck. And no, we never drove him to the police department, sheriff's department. And no, we did not drive him back to his truck. But Frank said that's exactly what happened five weeks ago. So then for three weeks before he was arrested, they were investigating him. So then he came to me uh, and told me, he says, man, I'm being investigated for this nonsense. And I said, yeah, well, what, you know, what's going on? And he said, well, let's say, and I did this. I said, well, you know, he said, you know, call that's ridiculous. I said, yeah, I know it's ridiculous. She's just pissed at you because you punished her on Halloween and you uh, yelled at her in front of her boyfriend. I said, yeah, pay back the bitch, Grandpa. I said, what do you think? I haven't gone near her in 10 years. I said, I know how girls are. I know how the system works. Any kind of touch. If I touch my kids in any manner, they're going to say it's inappropriate. If I shook my kids' hands, they'd say, why did you shake? Why do you shake your kids' hands? Well, I don't want to hug them. You know, I don't want to kiss them. So I figured I'd shake their hands. They're like, well, that's very inappropriate. You know, a dad should hug their children. A dad should kiss their kids. Well, I just don't feel comfortable because you know, I don't want anybody saying I'm touching them. It's like, well, the way you're touching them by shaking their hands is very inappropriate. Very inappropriate. Don't shake your kids' hands anymore. That's very inappropriate. So see, now I'm going to get the inappropriate touch. Oh, Paul's got accused of inappropriate touching his kids. Oh, what do you do? He's shaking their hands instead of hugging and kissing them. We're like, oh, Jesus. Is that what you mean by inappropriate? Like, yes, dads are not supposed to shake their kids' hands. They're supposed to hug their children. They're like, oh, man, you can't win for losing with these bastards. 
So it's like I just said to myself, I'm not going near them. When I see them coming, I'm going to walk away. I ain't dealing with this until I give this state notice, until I take this to trial, until I say, well, wait a second. I'm going to see, is the state, is those children the state's or those children mine? We're going to end this once and for all. Because when that state says, and if they win at court, I'm going to have a, a fucking uh, child fucking support fucking check to hand them in a heartbeat and say, here you go. What? Pay me. Pay me what? Pay me this. Pay me this is what they're worth. What? I looked up on a website. It costs $22,000 a year to raise a kid. 13 years, it's your fucking kid. You owe me $300,000. Pay it now. Because you said it's your kid that I've been taking care of. And it's not my kid. It's not the dad's kid. It's not the mom's kid. It's not our kid. Whose is it? Oh, the state's got authority control. It's your kid. You get to say, oh, good. I got a, I got a fucking back child support that you need to pay. Here you go. Right in their face, right there in front of the judge. Now, judge, did you just rule it was the state's kid? Yeah, make, me, make them pay me for the support and upkeep and maintenance of their kid. And we're going to love to hear the judge say, well, that's not what I meant by their kid. Oh, really? What did you mean? They could control it, use it, and enjoy it any way they wish. I can't, but they can. Oh, and I've got to pay for it? Oh, really? i got to pay for their car? i got to pay for their kid? Oh, really? How do you figure that, Judge? So I'm going to get them coming with going. It doesn't matter to me. I'm going to get them coming with going. I don't give a shit. Let them say it's their kid. Oh, good. It's your kid? Good. Here's a child support fucking payment I need you to make. No, they say, oh, okay, call it your kid. Okay, good. Now pay me for using it and enjoying it for the last 10 days. There you go. Either way, I'm going to get you coming and going. I mean, I don't play a game until I know I got both angles coming and going. It's like why I don't play a game in Vegas. If I gambled in Vegas, I'd have to be the house and the player at the same time. I'm not stupid enough to go 50-50. I'm not going to gamble unless I know I'm going to win. Then it's really not gambling. <clears throat> so that's how I play. I play a game that I know I'm going to win. I'm not going to play a game that I might lose. That's ridiculous. That's too dangerous. Why play a game that you might lose? It makes no sense. So, like I said, Frank uh, came to me and told me, you know, they're investigating him, blah, blah, blah. He says, you know what, I'm just going to stay low. I'm going to get out of here for a couple of weeks. I'm going to stay on the road. And uh, they just uh, said it's going to take a couple of weeks for them to investigate and not to come around. And I said, you know, he said, I want to take their advice and not come around. But he didn't come around for like two weeks. It was kind of nice to get in and out of the driveway without that big-ass track of trail in my way. <laughs> but still, it wasn't nice to be able to get in and out of the driveway because of what was going on. But um, then the next Saturday that they told him to come in for questioning, I videotaped Mike the cop talking in the driveway, and he thought I was Frank. It was pretty funny. He wanted me to come down for questioning. So he started lying to me. And then I fucking broke the news to him. I said, look, I'm not Frank. He says, yeah, I know you called. He said, you're the grandfather. I said, no, I'm older than your grandfather. But no, no, I'm, I'm the dad. And they looked in the paper. He's like, oh, you are the dad. He's like, oh, okay, then like, let me tell you the truth. This is what's really going on. He's like, yeah, isn't that special? Are you really going to tell me what's going on? So uh, it's just ridiculous how they how they play the word game, how they tell one guy one thing, tell another guy another thing. So uh, so he told me that Frank showed up on a Saturday morning, first thing Saturday morning. He's like, hey, call. They want me to come down for more questioning. 
I said, okay, go down there and make sure you got a paper pen and uh, tell them that, um, you know, that um, your hearing's not so good and make sure everything's in writing. Bring a fucking recording device and, uh, you know, make sure you record everything. And my little brother Frankie's like, yeah, that's a good idea. And Frank was like, look, Paul, I ain't got time for all this nonsense. I, I got to take care of these back fields. I got to take care of the chickens. He says, I got to get ready. He says, I only got a couple hours this weekend before I got to get back on the road. I said, well, Frank, you better take this serious. He's like, oh, Cole, this is ridiculous. I, I got too much to do. This is, you know, Cole, I, I, I got time for these silly games. And I was like, look, this ain't silly, buddy. You better take it serious. If you don't fucking play this game the right way, man, you're going to disappear for years. He was like, oh, I'm not worried about it. He says, I got things to do. And, he, and I said, look, make sure you stop over at Bale, the bondsman across the street, that his name is uh, Dr. Bonds. He's not, you know, there's good people over there. to work a deal with them before you're in an orange jumpsuit. At least they get to meet you when you're in street clothes and they won't think you're such a bad guy and tell them what's going on, that this is a witch hunt and that uh, you're going to need somebody to bail and bond you out and uh, ask him what the process is and how much he would be. And he's like, uh, he's like, yeah, okay, fine, Paul. And he got in his call with my brother Frank and uh, left. And uh, Frankie came back about an hour later with his dad. He said, I said, well, how did it go? He said, well, they want me to come back for more questioning. But I told them uh, I had to go home. I had stuff to do. So they said, okay. So Frankie said, I said, well, how did it go, Frankie? You stopped at the bail bonds? He said, no, Dad wouldn't stop. He said, what? He wouldn't stop. He went straight to the sheriff's department. I said, well, did he bring a paper and pen? And told him, no, he didn't write any damn thing down. He said, did your dad bring you a recording? No, he didn't bring the tape, the little recorder in. No. I said, why not? He said, Dad won't listen to me. He doesn't care. He's like, this is all bullshit. Won't listen. I was like, damn, he's got to do it. It's like, I tell him, Paul, but he won't listen to me. He's just doing his own damn thing. He just wants to get this done and go home. I was like, oh, Jesus. I said, no. Oh, well. And then I said, make sure he went, you know, he's like, he's going back down there. Yeah, they want to question him again. So he's like, he left again. So I said, make sure he records this. I said, make sure. Okay, you know, he uh, brings the paper down. He says, okay, I'll tell you, but, you know, he said, I'm not getting through with my dad. My dad just wants to go home. He's just trying to get this done as fast as he can. So uh, he got there again, and then uh, you hear my mom on the thing saying, I told Frank to just do whatever they tell him to do. And my mom, you actually hear my mom saying that on Gus's uh, video, but I, Gus linked up with me. The first thing he says, he says, he says, he's Mike, the cop says, Frank corroborated everything that the little girl said. And my mom, you hear in the background, it's like, I told him just to, just to cooperate and just say whatever they want him to say so he could come home. And, um, and I, I said to Mike about corroborating, Larry, there's somebody making noise in the background, man. Can you just make sure everybody's muted out? So uh, Mike the cop said, and he even says that on that tape that's up there, the video that's up on Gus's uh, website. He says, he corroborated everything the little girl said. And everybody knows me who listens to my show. If I say, hey, what minute, what minute mark are we at? <laughs> and somebody will say, we're at the one hour, 15 minute mark. I said, okay, I don't know what I just said at the one minute, one hour, 14 minute mark, or whatever I said was really good. So if you want to, back up the show to that point and download it because what I just said was really good, but don't make me repeat it because I'm not going to say it the same way twice. So the cops try to get people to believe 
that Frank corroborated a story from a 13-year-old since 2009. <laughs> All this has been going on for the last six years. So they're trying to say to Frank, I'm like, I'm going to confess, though. On April the 9th, uh, 2009, this is, th- you did this on this day, yes. And uh, April uh, the 12th, on 2010, this is what you did on this day, yes. And on January 1st, 2011, you did this to her on this day, yes. <laughs> I can't tell you guys what the hell I said five minutes ago. And you try- and, and you guys think, of like, oh, call super genius. Yeah, right. I can't tell you what I said five minutes ago. Now, you start playing a tape back. I was like, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And then I think I said this, and yeah, yeah, yeah. And I could pick it up where I left off. But to just tell me that that's what I said back in January on Angela's, you know, 30-second show, how the fuck do we know? Well, Angela said that's what you said. Oh, fine. If that's what she said, I said fine. I don't, I don't give a damn. I ain't got the damn tape here. I have no idea. Well, we're not going to let you go home unless you say that that's what you said. Okay, fine. That's what I said. Fine. You said you got the tapes, you got the pictures, you got the proof, fine. Then then, then it's all true. Fine. I don't care. I want to go home. And that's what I say to people. Everybody gets this question wrong. After Frank made this confession, this confession is supposed to be a confession. He just walked in voluntarily and just said, you know what, I, I, you're my priest. I've sinned. I've done wrong. I need to make a confession. Here you go. Yeah, right. What do you mean? You think a priest hunts you down in your tractor trailer, calls up your company for weeks, and says, we've got a question. This guy was your priest say, hey, you know what? Get this guy into the confessional. We need him. To, we need a confession from him. And they pull you off the road and drag you down to the police department and interrogate you? No, priests don't do that. You want to go make a confession? Yeah, that's voluntary. You walk in, you make a confession, and nobody's dragging you out of your truck or coming to your farm with six squad cars saying, hey, we need to talk to you. The priests aren't coming down as intimidating you, doing an inquisition and saying, yeah, you know what, we're going to put you on this rack and we're going to keep on twisting it until you fucking confess. So the poor old guy, you know, he's like I said, if you see this guy, his one eye is like kind of falling apart because he's got diabetes and his, his hands shake like crazy because he's got Parkinson's. And they're trying to say this guy is uh, some sort of evil fucking monster. And the guy's never hit any of his kids. That's what's hysterical. He's never hit any of his kids. Never hit my mom. I don't know how he never hit my mom. That's a miracle. I even said that in the police department. I said, I don't know how he's never hit this woman. I couldn't imagine being married to this woman and never hitting her. That would be a miracle if I could pull that stunt off. The way she treats him is a miracle that she he didn't get snapped her in half at least two, three times in her life. He, she pushes him like a dog, like a mule. He's, he's ridiculous how hard this guy works for her. He even said that to me when I first came back. He says, Carl, I haven't had a vacation with your mom in 32 years. I haven't had a week off of work in 32 years. He says, remember the last time I had a vacation? He's like, yeah. He said, uh, he said I dropped Frankie and Mary off with you and your sister. I said, yeah, I remember. You and my mom went up to state New York for a couple of days. He said, yeah, Carl, that's the last time I had a day off. Then 32 years, Carl. You know, can you think you could do me a favor and take your kids so your mom and I could, like, go on a cruise so we could have a weekend off together, at least a week maybe? He says, Carl, I'm getting old. He says, I just want to see, you know, go on a cruise and just sit back for a week. This guy works like a fucking dog. And, and you know, and, and like, I feel so bad because it's like, look, I knew this was going to happen. Whoever watched my kid, this was going to happen. You know, this was going to happen, that poor bastard. Because that poor girl, when she got home for the first uh, 
Christmas uh, from foster care. She's been in foster care for six years with some reverend deacon guy of a church and uh, his family. And the very first thing she did on that Christmas when she got home uh, is she took all her clothes off and was running around the Christmas tree naked doing some grinding dance. No, look, you don't fucking understand what I just said. She took her fucking clothes off in front of my whole entire family. She took her fucking clothes off. Her fucking clothes off. A six-year-old girl takes her fucking clothes off. Completely fucking nude. Running around a Christmas tree doing some crazy jigaboo fucking dance. What the fuck is going on? My mom tried to take her upstairs and say, Honey, I don't know what the foster care family you came from. I don't know what they taught you, honey. But you don't do that here. And they said she never took her clothes off and ran around naked around the house ever again. But she did in front of my brother, my brother's uh, wife, his kids. It was bullshit. So I knew that kid was damaged goods. I knew something was going to, something, somebody someday was going to pay the price for whatever the fucking foster care family did. And like I said, I've seen that fucking foster care dad drop her off so I could visit her once. I got to see her like two, three times in six years. He kissed that fucking kid on the lips. I said, oh, yeah? I remember that, Romeo. I said, I said uh-huh. When that kid ate 18, we're going to go find Romeo, fucking uh, foster care dad. And uh, I'm going to ask her, I said, do you remember this fucking asshole kissing you on the lips? Yeah, you you know, you want to rearrange his lips? You, you got something, you know, you'd like to give his fucking lips? And she's going to be able to give him whatever the fuck she wants justice on his fucking lips. She's going to fucking met out. And he's going to stand there and he's going to fucking take it. Oh, wait a second. I should call the police. That's right. Oh, you know what my mom did? My mom actually reported her, him kissing her on the lips. You know what they said? Well, down here in the South, that's just what we do. You know, maybe we just show a little faction, a little different than you Yankee Northerners. So we just kiss on the lips. Uh-huh. Right. Yeah, I, you know, I didn't forget what Romeo did. I didn't forget. You know, and they say people like, oh, you know, Paul, you're going to let uh, Frank do this to your kid and not do anything about it. Oh, yeah? How come I remember about Romeo? Uh-huh. Kissing on her lips. Uh-huh. i never seen Grandpa kiss on her lips. I remember Romeo kissing her on her lips. Oh, yeah, Romeo's going to get his day. Well, call, see, you should report it to the police. My mom did. They didn't give a fuck. Well, gee, maybe I should... You know, and the police are going to do what? Tell Romeo to don't do that. Oh, please. He's on that team. He's a foster care provider. He's cut making money. They're making money. They don't give a fuck. Oh, well, maybe we should have fucking said that she was running around naked around the Christmas tree the fucking first thing, uh, first uh, Christmas she came home. Oh, yeah, really? And foster care would do what? Social service would do what? Go find the family that she ran around and say, oh, I don't know why she did that. That that doesn't make any sense. She never did that here. Oh, yeah, right. So, I mean, I just understand the bullshit. You know, they're not going to turn on their own team. <laughs> So it's it's very well a waste of my time. My mom wasted her time reporting it, but I'm gonna I'll, I'll find. Hopefully Romeo's still alive. Hopefully Romeo is still selling used cars down there in Birmingham, over in the Homewood area. <coughs> Hopefully Romeo's still alive. I'm trying. I know the exact street. I couldn't tell you guys what the name. Is. I think it's Eleventh Eleventh Street. If you guys know Eleventh Street, going east out towards uh, Vestavia, you know uh, there's a used car deal on the right hand side by a golf course. Yeah, that's where Romeo works. He's a real goofy-looking dude with glasses, about six foot three, six foot four. Four. He weighs about 150 pounds. He's probably about 55, 60 years old right now. Yeah, that's Romeo. So if you live in the Birmingham area, 
cruise through that area. Let me know if Romeo's still selling cars out there. And I'd, be, I'd appreciate it. I have no idea what his name is. I don't remember. Mom probably remembers what the foster care family's name is. I'll ask her, and I'll bring him back next week and see if this fucking clown is still around. Pot mock face, glasses, uh, salt and pepper, black hair, 6'3", six, 6'4", six, skinny guy. Yeah, likes to uh, kiss kids on the lips. Yeah, that guy. But see, that's what I'm saying. So when people say, oh, well, call, don't you care about your kid? Of course I care about my kid. What do you think I'm putting this in the back of my mind for all these years? That was nine years ago when she got out of foster care. Nine years. That even forget. So don't tell me I don't remember when somebody does my kid wrong. Well, did my kid wrong. Or I thought they did, did my kid wrong. And daddy's not going to do something about it. Of course I'm going to fucking do something about it. But this nonsense with Frank, nope. He didn't do a fucking thing. I know the guy. I know him too well. He's got way too many grandkids. He's got children. He's got his wife, his ex-wife, as well as ex-wife is dead. But never hit nobody. There's no way in the world. I know what this girl did. Payback's a bitch. And she's damaged goods. You know, daddy, me, wasn't able to fucking be there and explain to her right for wrong all these years. Six years in that fucking foster care fucking shithole. Oh, yeah. I can imagine what that fucking did. Uh, and I don't really want to, but I know catching Romeo on the lips is good enough. And that's payback enough. Romeo wants to sue me. Go ahead, sue me. Sue me for what? Damaged lips? I don't know. How much of a set of damaged lips? Five grand? Here you go, Romeo. Enjoy your, enjoy your fucking five grand. <clears throat> Hello, Carl? No, I'm not talking. I don't, I don't know why people are muted. I don't know. I don't have a clue. I don't know. I don't know why people are unmuted. Because, like I said, I'm talking about what's going on. Because this is this is uh, going to be a game changer. This is the perfect place, the perfect time. Doesn't even happen. This is the final opportunity. So I don't have to teach somebody how to get their kids back. I don't have to teach somebody how to go to court. I don't got to teach somebody how to send a bill. I don't got to teach somebody how to do the process of setting uh, the debt process and the bill collection and the debt collection, and the lien process. I don't got to explain to somebody how you do garnishment. I know how to do it all. So this is perfect. So everybody can just watch what I do. And if the state says, no, it's their kid, fine. Now hand them the child support. Fine. Said you want all that back child support for all those years. If the state loses, well, fine. Then pay me for the use and enjoyment of what is mine and not yours, property that you've enjoyed for the last 10 days or 10 weeks or 10 years, whatever you decide to take and carry off without my consent. Because like I said, the only reason why they said they took the girl, the oldest girl, was because they were afraid Daddy, I, was going to tell her to say, look, tell the truth about Grandpa. Now, really, did he do it or didn't he do it? She says, no, honestly, he didn't do a damn thing. Obviously, then the county is going to get sued for millions of dollars by poor Frank from sitting in jail for all these days. So they're scared shitless of a lawsuit. So they took the girl because of that. And what they actually wrote down, why they took him from my mom, not a whole house, even though they knew Frank was in jail, because I said to, at his bail bond, I said to the court, when he was getting bailed, or bail denied, they said no. They said, no, they say, no bail, it's a horrible, horrendous crime, no bail, no bond. The presumption is that he's going to be let out into society. The presumption is he's going to do it again. So no, no bail, no bond. And I stood up and I said, wait a second, I'm the dad. 
of that alleged victim. If you're saying the only reason why he's in jail is because she's here in Virginia, I got family members all over the country, and I will get her to another location in this country. And the judge actually had the balls big enough to say to me, that would be victimizing the victim. That would be punishing the victim by taking her out of her home, away from her school, away from her friends, that would victimize her. That would be punishing the victim for the abuse that that man did. I said alleged abuse. And the judge put a hand up and said, I'm not arguing with you. Two days later, that very same fucking judge took her out of the house anyway. It took her away from her friends. It took her away from her school. It took her away from her ponies. It took her away from all her friendly animals, her little critters, her cats, or whatever. She had six cats. Now there's only two of the six left because the other four disappeared. But no, the judge said, no, that would be cruel. That would be punishing the girl to take her away from her home. That would be cruel. If daddy took her away from where he placed her, I placed him with the grandma and grandpa seven years ago. I gave them custody to watch them for me because I was too damn busy learning this lost shit. So my mom and grandpa were nice enough to watch them for me. Thank God they watched them for me for all these years so that way I could learn what I learned. And honestly, I'm a dad. You know, I really shouldn't be raising little kids, especially little girls. I warn you guys at all the time, don't be raising no damn little girls on your own, buddy. You'll wind up in jail. Don't do it. We'll get a woman in there. Trust me. Trust me on this one. And uh, so, like I said, I let the uh, mom and uh, grandpa do it. And it took a while for me to convince the mom who lived in Alabama I said, look, just sign them over to my mom and, and Frank. Just look, I don't want to live in Alabama. You can't raise them on your own. They got to stay together as a three-people unit. You know, the boy, the two girls. They got to stay together. Don't break them up. She said, well, I'll take the oldest girl. I said, no, you can't do that. You can't break them up to set. You got to let them all grow up together as brother and sister because she was an adopted kid, so she didn't know who her real brothers and sisters might be. So she agreed to let the kids leave Alabama which they never had to leave. They could go back up there immediately. And uh, she agreed to let him live with my mom and uh, my mom's uh, husband, Frank. So that was nice of us to not be selfish and break up the set. She let them all go together as a whole unit. But she really just wanted the older girl because, honestly, the older girl was probably the easiest one to take care of at that time. So it wouldn't have been too much for her to take care of an older, uh, you know, 60-year-old girl. So that's the question of, like, why my mom's got. Okay, people look like Paul have uh, his, his, um, cover his, I want to say his cell battery went down, so. Hey, Gus. You want to take over from here, Gus? Gus, you on the call, Gus? Yeah, Larry? Yeah. Yeah, I uh, I had myself muted out. Um, yeah, because your call had dropped off, so. All right. I've tried to grab the board a couple of times, and I keep getting bounced back off. Uh, do you want to keep running the board, or do you want me to take it? Uh, well, I mean, uh, are you sticking yeah. around? 
Yeah, I mean, yeah, I'm sitting around. I'm, I'm sitting up there dealing with these guests, keeping these guests off of the one that's tripping on the board. Hey, where, did, right. I, where did I lose you, Larry? Uh, yeah, you back. You back. Yeah. Well, how long ago did I uh, fall off? Oh, no, that was just two minutes. Okay, what was the last stuff I was saying? Do you have any idea? Can you corroborate my story? Yeah, she was speaking about the... Um, uh, she was going into detail about... Uh, let me see what you were saying. Was I saying something about uh, how the kids got here to Virginia, how we signed them over to my mom and Frank to get them out of Alabama? Did yeah, I say that? No. Is that where he, that's, that's where he was at, Gus? Because I was watching the boy. Yeah, that's probably where he was at. We, we can start back from there. Okay, yeah, like I said, people ask me, how did my mom and Frank get the kids in the first place? I said, because when we got them out of Alabama, uh, obviously, I had gone through nine attorneys. My wife had gone through eight. We were broke. We had nothing. We had, I spent hundreds of thousands of dollars on attorneys. And uh, we were just spending money hand over fist trying to get them out through the legal process. And uh, they realized that we weren't going to stop. You know, we were going to keep on fighting forever. It didn't matter how you know much money we were going to spend or how much I had to learn. They realized, you know, when they tried to, uh, on December the 8th, they tried to adopt the kids out. And my mom sent a, a registered letter and it got there on December the 10th. The judge had to quit and uh, a whole bunch of my attorney became the head judge because they uh, said that, told a whole entire family not to bother showing up for the December 8th trial. The judge told us, the attorneys told us, everybody told us not to show up, social supported all that. I was able to prove it, and uh, they held the trial anyway. And since nobody in our family showed up, they, adopt, what, they had the adoption process uh, in place, and they were implementing the adoption process. And two days later, my mom's registered letter got there <laughs> saying, I talked to the judge, I talked to the judge's assistant, I talked to the social worker, I talked to this supervisor, this supervisor. It's a shame that we're not going to have a trial on the 8th. We wanted to see this the children home before Christmas. Maybe we could try it again sometime in the early New Year. So right there, you know, they already sent out the adoption order on this on December the 9th. They couldn't stop it from coming to our house. And then my mom had sent something to them on December the 7th, and she had it registered proof that she sent it out, and they got it on the 10th. And the judge and everybody else just panicked because my mom nailed them. Just timing, just pure luck, pure timing that my mom decided as an IRS agent to send it registered. And she just she, she did the right thing. She sent all the mail out like that. And I thought back then it was a total waste of time what she was doing. It was total overkill. So they just sent him a damn letter. Just, just call him up on the phone. Just tell him. Just ask him. You know, you know, you don't get any big production out of this. And she's like, no, this is the way you got to do it. No, this is the way you got to do it. I said, oh, come on, mom, give it a break. If my lawyer says, don't show up, don't show up. I'm not going to argue with him. I'm not going to give him a hard time. If he says, don't show up, when am I going to show up? Well, you got to make sure. It's like, I ain't going to make sure shit. You know, he's a good guy. He ain't going to lie. Oh, uh, yeah, he did. <clears throat> but like I said, you know, um, people want to know how the kids got to Virginia. It was just because the mom was nice enough. And she really, she did not like Virginia. She lived up here for a while. And uh, she was just, she was bored to tears. She just likes to live. She lives on the beach down in the Gulf. 
of uh, Mexico, and she loves living on a beach. And uh, she does not like the mountains, and she doesn't like the hillbillies, and she just doesn't like this up here. So, um, you know, she decided to say, fine, you know what? Let the kids stay up here on the farm. Because, I, like I said, when we were all done, we're trying to get the kids out. We were broke. So I knew it was going to take years for me to build up enough money to come back and be with my kids again. And people ask me that. It's like, well, it took me three years to get enough money saved up to get surgery. It took me seven years to get enough money saved up to come be with my kids again. So uh, it just takes time to build the money back up after the government, you know, takes it all away from you. It, it, it doesn't take long to spend every damn dime you ever Lose everything you ever had. It doesn't take long for the lawyer's fees to run over you people. Just like that Vlad guy said, you know, he was out on a $100,000 bail bond. You know, this is ridiculous. I think it was all traffic-related, too. This is ridiculous. Why is this guy from Moldovia, you know, having to pay a $100,000 bail bond for some sort of traffic-related whatever? So, they're just going to take everything you got, you know. But, uh, you know, it's just it's just insane. And thank God I could help a guy like Vlad. And Vlad donated to me. I appreciate it, Vlad. You know, if he gets to listen to the show, but I'm pretty damn sure he didn't. Because I think he said he didn't have any money. But uh, it was still nice to be able to help the guy and uh, hear that everything was doing okay. I'd rather I'd rather not make a donation or get money than to see a, a lawyer get it. <laughs> if I had a choice of saying, you know, Vlad, did you give it to the lawyer? No, I didn't give him nothing. Oh, thank God. You know what? Yeah, don't worry about it. You know, as long as you didn't give those bastards anything, you know, feed the fucking, you know, animal, feed the beast, don't do it. You know, do the best you can on your own. Don't feed the beast, man. Don't don't let them get away with this. Don't encourage them. So, um, I'm trying to think if I want to say anything else about Frank and the kids before I just move on to something else. But um, that should pretty well do it with Frank and them. Like I said, obviously Frank's doing bad. And, you know, of course, he's never been arrested in his life. He's never spent a night in jail. Now he's been in there for three weeks. And what I think kind of helps, he said, uh, he did tell his son and his wife, my mom and my half-brother, went up there to visit him. And he said to Frankie, you know, my little brother, my younger brother, tell call, thank you, because I gave him money so he could have his uh, commissary card or commissary stuff that he could buy from the commissary. He said, tell call, thank you for giving me money. And I wrote a note to him. I said, here, Frank, you give this to anybody in the jail who gives you any crap. I'm the kid's father. I know you didn't fucking do it. I want power of attorney. I want to represent you in court against the state and my kid. I'll be on your side. So you show this to to whoever you got to show it to, that the dad of the kid knows you ain't done a fucking thing to my kid. She's still a virgin. She's still fine. And I ain't going to play this fucking game with these people. I'm like right behind you, Frank. So I'm not going to let him hang an innocent man. I'm not going to be part of a lynching mob. And that's actually what the... Uh, reporter of the newspaper said to me he said most men would be very upset that their child was uh, molested by some man but you are very different and I said thank you I am very different one I'm not going to uh, be part of a lynch mob two I'm going to be calm and cool and I'm going to say look I'm not going to be a woman and I'm not going to let my emotions run over me I'm, that's right I'm not like a typical I'm not like most men I'm a man. I'm not 
men. I'm not of men. I'm a man. I'm going to take the whole situation in before I make a ruling, before I make a judgment, before I make a oath. I'm not going to hurt somebody who doesn't deserve to be hurt. I've done that when I was a child in my teenage years. I did that, and I feel bad that I actually did that to somebody who I thought broke into my car, and then I found out it was another guy that broke into my car and stole from me. I mean, the kid had it coming probably for a hundred other things he'd done wrong in the neighborhood, but he didn't do it to my car. Yes, he was a bad kid in the neighborhood, but I found out later on it was not him. It was another kid. So it sucks to not I didn't lynch the kid. Obviously, he's, not, he's still alive and running around, but it's bad to beat the shit out of somebody when you everybody in the neighborhood is telling you it's that new kid that did it. It must have been a new kid. And I believed everybody telling me it must have been a new kid. And, uh, oh, well, I'm, I'm never going to do that again. I'm never going to have to fucking say, hey, you know, I'm sorry I thought it was you. I'm sorry I kicked the crap out of you. You know, I mean, the kid had all arms, his legs, his eyeballs, everything functions, but still, you know what I'm saying? When I found out, it was, when I found out, I was like, no, it was the other guy that did it. Oh, his friend that did it, yeah. It's like, okay, so the guy was with him, but he didn't do it. He's the one who actually literally did it, and the other kid was just with him. Uh, okay, fine. Both the guys were there, but only the one guy did it. Uh, you know, like, oh, well. I'm not going to do it again. I'm just not going to do it. I'm not going to go after somebody, destroy somebody, and uh, thank God the kid didn't die. You know, he's a year younger than me. I mean, I never tried to hit anybody younger than me. I mean, I was like 17, he was 16, or 18, 17. We were all a year apart. But still, I tried to get my little brother, 15-year-old brother, to kick the guy's ass, but my little brother just didn't have the heart to do it. So I had to take over and do it. But anyway, I'm just not going to be a part of that. It's just a horrible feeling that if you get an innocent guy, and maybe this guy wasn't completely innocent because, yes, they were friends, and, yes, they were going around the neighborhood that night stealing stuff, and, okay, that guy didn't go in my car, that guy did. Okay, technically, guilt by association, yeah, right, but still, I want to get the guy who actually touched my stuff, not the guy who's just along for the ride. So... I just ain't going to go for it. I ain't going to go for it. I ain't playing this game. You know, I'm going to find if he's guilty, he's guilty. Like I said to the cop in that video, I'll weave the rope. But I ain't going to help you hang this man. I said, if he did it, you got the photos? He said, I got the photos. You got the proof? I got the proof. He said, I'll be back soon. I said, oh, he'll be right back. He either says, I'll be right back. I'll be back a little later. I'll be back soon. He says something like that on the video. And I say, look, you, you got to tell me, man. You got to show me. You got to let me know what's going on here. You know, so I could take do what I got to do. It's like, if this guy's guilty, I'll weave the rope. Don't you worry about it. But if he ain't guilty, yeah, I'm not going to help you hang an innocent man. You're not going to use my kid to hang an innocent man. I'm not going to let you do it. I'm not going to let my kid or I walk around with that guilt the rest of our lives. I'm not going to let you do it. Because I still remember, like I said, what I had to do this 16, 17-year-old kid. I carry that around with me the rest of my life. I ain't going to let this girl carry it around. I ain't going to let you people do it. If she lied, she lied. You know, it's a horrible thing that a 12, 13-year-old girl did. It's a horrible thing. She's going to have to get some consequences to those actions. I said, maybe put a body camera on her, make her walk around school with a body camera on. So I said, honey, you know, people might touch you. We want to catch the bad guy this time. We want to get proof, you know, honey. Got to wear a body cam, you know, so your protection and the public's protection, you know, so you don't accuse an innocent man next time for touching you. We're going to keep this body camera on you 24-7, 365. You know, we got to protect you. You know, it's your own protection. 
Gonna let the government watch every fucking move you make. The government loves you. Let the government protect you here. We'll set it right up with social services. And they can watch 24-7, 365, every movie you fucking make, and every man that comes near you. There you go. Put a body camera on him. So, um, yeah, like I said, I think that's good enough for now with that uh, Frank stuff. So, yeah, Larry, go ahead, man. You can let a couple of people uh, ask me some other questions, man. But I just want to finish. I wanted to finish that Larry, um, Larry stuff, Frank stuff up before I uh, go on and start talking about normal stuff. <coughs> Oh, yeah, I've been on the, uh, see who, I see you have quite a few questions, so. Yeah, just, uh, like I said, if they want to, if there's, if there's anybody who wants to ask a uh, question about the Frank and the kids, uh, I'm trying to figure out how you let those people go first. You know, uh, have them have them raise have them raise. They can raise their hand right now. Yeah, hit let them hit star eight, and that if yeah. they want to answer about Frank and the kids, so that and that way, once I ask those questions, I ain't gonna talk about it no more. So if you want to ask something about Frank and the kids, hit star eight. If you want to ask about something else, don't hit star eight right yet. Just give it like one or two minutes, and uh, then we'll go on to other questions. Is anybody on the chat board asking a question about Frank or the kids or now? Uh-uh. Okay, good. It's fine by me. I mean, you know, I think I explained it the best I need to explain it. Call never got his kids back. Call never got his kids taken away. They said I voluntarily placed him. So, you know, and now they say, now I'm going to love to hear what they say. Why they The one kid they said they took was, they thought I was going to help uh, her by saying that Grandpa didn't do it. So they said they didn't like my attitude, so they took the kid into custody. That my, they didn't like my attitude because that meant like I didn't like that I was going to work with the police. That I was actually going against the police. And the only reason I was going against the police is the police says on video, on video, on but you guys are calling me a bunch of, they call me bully call, not all you guys, but a lot of people call me a liar. Like, call the cop and said he had never said he had photos. Called the cop and minute mark. Video. The policeman said he's got the video, he's got the uh, photos, he's got the proof. And he said he's going to come back. He's I'll be back and show you. I'll be back. Show you. I'll be back soon. Yes, I'll show you. I'll be back soon. Two days later, we tried to hunt him down. That's when V-Town and everybody and I went down to the Sheriff's Department. And I said, damn it, buddy, you don't got him, do you? No, well, that's irrelevant. What about the safety of the girl? about the safety of the girl? You let Grandpa, I mean, the safety of the girl. I confess about 25 bodies buried in the pond or 25 confessions of all these horrible fucking heinous acts and crimes. And you let the guy go home, you toss him his talk, and you let him back home to the girl. You... You balls enough to sit here and tell me I don't worry about my girl? Dude, you just had a confession from somebody who's like, you say is a horrible fucking monster. The court saying he's a fucking monster. The game's appeasing him. shows on YouTube. Why didn't you call me up and say, hey, Paul, we're going to hold this monster. He's going back to the house. Holy shit, he's going back to the house? Yeah, going back to the house. He said he's going back to the house. Holy shit. You know, I shoot the girl himself, burn the house down to the ground. 
Mike, why didn't you warn me? Why didn't you fucking warn me that Grandpa was going back home? Nah, you didn't fucking call me off. No. Did you stop him from going home? No. Him into custody? No. What if you well, I told him if he had operated, we'd let him go home. We asked him, can you go get the computers and the camcorders? Can you bring them back here? And then the cops pulled up. That's what Frank was doing. Frank was loading up the computer, loading up the camcorders, loading up all the phones. He was loading up everything to bring down to the police. Frank, they know he had a 357. He could have went home and killed himself. He could have killed somebody in the house. He could have been made a fire in the backyard, throwing the computer and the camcorders into the fire. He didn't burn the camcorders. He didn't burn the computers. He was loading them up in the fucking trunk of his car, bringing them down to the police department like he said. Oh, he was a... They knew we had a we just um got in his car and go. You're breaking up, Carl. Hey Carl. Hey, this is Gus. Uh, Carl just got dropped from the call. I'm sure he's going to log back in in a second. Um, just hang in there. I'm going to take the board. Larry's having a hard time. Uh, he's up in the mountains, I guess. So I'm going to log in right now. Hey, Larry. I don't know if Larry... Uh, Larry says he's having a hard time. Uh, he's uh, up in the mountains. So I'm I'm signing in to take over the board. All right. Yeah, he's up in Denver, man. Yeah, but like I said, man, I don't know what part I dropped off, but like I said, ain't that just crazy, Gus, man? They, they know the guy's got a 357. He's got his keys. He just confessed to all these fucking horrible crimes. They tell him, hey, man, can you go home and go get the camcorders and the cameras and the videos and all the computers, and can you come down here? And they let the guy go home. That's nuts. It's nuts. Absolutely. It's absolutely nuts. And then people want me to jump on the policeman's side and say, Grandpa's guilty. And, and you know he has a three fifty seven. Yeah, we knew he had a handgun. And you knew he just confessed. Yeah. And you, when you picked him up, you, you know, the granddaughter was helping him, like, carry the computer. Yeah. And what? And, and you guys are saying, I should be on right, and I should be helping the cops or nail this guy. The guy said nothing happened. The guy says, oh, bullshit. 
the guy was helping you get the computers and the video cameras, and the granddaughter was helping him load it up. And you want me to do what? Think he's a bad guy? If he really did do this, she's got ponies. Why don't he just snap her neck and stick her by the pony and say, well, she must have fell off the pony neck? He didn't do that. You know, this is just insane. You know, it's just ridiculous. You know, you know the guy's got a fucking handgun. Yeah. You know, yeah, he, he carries it, he goes to work, yeah, he drives a truck, yeah, he's got 57, yeah. And, yeah, and, and you just let him go home. Yeah. And you're and you're okay with that. Yeah. And you want me to say I should be worried about the girl? Oh, wait a second. You said you had photos. That you had proof. You don't have photos, do you? You don't have proof, do you? Well, we got his confession. Oh, Jesus fucking Lord, you've got to be fucking kidding me. You know how fast it is to get rid of a confession? I said, Mike, watch this. I'm a unicorn. I believe I'm a unicorn. I confess. I'm a unicorn. Now watch this, Mike. I'm not a unicorn. I don't believe I'm a unicorn. I don't have a conviction. I don't have a belief anymore. Now, Mike, prove your case. Prove your case what? Prove your case that I was a fucking unicorn. Was I a fucking unicorn, Mike? Did you see me grow a fucking horn? Well, no. Well, I said I was a fucking unicorn, so I guess that makes me one, huh? No, it doesn't, Mike. Prove it. The guy said he's a fucking unicorn. He said he was a child molester. Now he says he's not. Prove it. Prove he is. It's that simple. I said, Mike, it's all, the whole entire case now, Mike, is on your shoulders. His confession gets thrown out. His belief gets thrown out. First he believes Jesus is going to come back in three days. Well, gee, Jesus is going to come back. Well, he, now he doesn't believe Jesus. Oh, planet Nehru is going to fucking blow us all up on January 1st, 1999, or what Alex Jones said, whatever. 2012, whatever, whatever the fuck day that was supposed to happen. Well, Planet Nehru didn't fucking come, and we were all alive. Now Alex Jones is like, oh, I never said that. Oh, I never said that. You can look at all the past fucking radio shows. Oh, I never said that. And 300 videos, 300 shows where Planet Nehru is screaming, it's going to kill us all. But he swears something down, he didn't say it. It's all a conspiracy against his good name. Ridiculous. The old man was told he'll go home if he cooperates. Guess what? He cooperated. He went home. It's that simple. I mean, how can somebody not believe my story? Did the man go home? Yes. He said if he cooperates, he'll go home. Yes. The policeman said, look, if you don't cooperate, if you try to tell us you're not guilty, you're going to sit in jail for a minimum of, four, of five months without the trial, without bail, without parole, without anything. Five months. That's what he was told. So guess what? He's sitting in jail now. Yay! With no bail, no bond, no parole. Yay! For a minimum of three months. Yay! So what would have been another two months? You know, just say I'm not guilty and prove your case, Mike. You said you got the proof. You got the bitches, Mike. Do it. But Frank had never been to jail in his life, so he had no fucking idea what it was going to be like. So he just like, you know what? I don't want to go to jail having 25 fucking allegations or charges on me for distribution of child pornography and having to fucking survive through that. So it's like, fuck no. I mean, that's like the worst. I can't imagine the worst crime to be charged with. That's exactly what I said to the judge man in fucking uh, North Carolina back in 1990. I don't know what the newspaper's article is. 93, 92, 91. I don't remember. But I said, hey, he said, come back in a week, man. We'll have a retrial. 
tell me to put a, a natural heat source that's fed the fermentation, and I'll discharge the matter. I'll drop the case in its entirety. I said, no, no, man. He said, that's cool. He said, what? I said, I like that guilty verdict on me. I said, moonshine, man. That's, that's a title I can live with with pride for the rest of my life. I basically told the government to go F themselves. I'm going to do what I want. I don't give a damn. I'm going to help these fucking Indians, and I'm going to make them free fucking booze. Fuck them. You know, I'll, I'll live with that title. I'm a moonshiner. That's pretty cool. A New York City boy making moonshine. That's all right, helping Indians. That's all right. I like that. I can live with that with pride for the rest of my life. I said, now, was kitty porn or child molesting, oh, fuck yeah, I'd come back and get that off my record. I said, but no, moonshine? That's a cool one. I like that. That's going to stick. I said, I don't trust people who don't have a, a criminal record anyway. And said, if you ain't been at least in jail, man, I don't really trust you anyway. I said, you know, there's something wrong with you if you ain't spent at least two, three days in jail. I don't, I don't trust you because you ain't lived. You know, you're a coward. You're chicken shit. You don't, you're always doing what the government tells you to do. Either that or you're the luckiest bastard on planet Earth, which I doubt. So it's nice to have somebody who at least knows what the inside of the jail looks like. <clears throat> and knows what a bologna sandwich and fucking black coffee and a fucking hard is with three meals a day. Ever have a bologna sandwich that orange cheese? Yeah, okay, you've been in jail. You ever had this nasty fucking milk that's all like clabbing and black coffee with sugar? Yeah, you've been in jail. So... Like I said, man, I just thought it was just, like I said, I just wanted to finish that up. If anybody like Star 8 and want to ask me about those kids, I want to go. There's a bunch of people with their hands up, but I don't know what they want to ask. Well, I told them to do only Star 8 if they wanted their hand up. If they don't want to talk about my kid, hit Star 6, and that'll pull your hand down. But if you see a Star 8 there, Gus, I guess just hit it, man, and let's just get through this kid shit as fast as we can. All right, Grace One, you're on. Hi, Paul, you ready? Huh? Hello? Who's this? Oh, this is Aaron. I'm from Texas. How are you doing? Hey, how are you doing? You wanted to ask uh, him about my kid? Yeah, kind of the, the the mess that's happening and what you think about it. Um, You know, I've heard you talk about domestic authority, and I think that that's should be 100% right. Like, nobody can come in my house and, and basically bug me. But what happens when, for example, your daughter went into the public and then made a statement, oh, something happened. Does, what, what, is domestic, what happens to domestic authority at that point? What happens is just what happened on Angela's show. I'm glad you brought that question up. Remember back... In 2014, the January show, 2014, when I come on and answer the show after I get back from England, uh, mm-hmm. Gus tried to mute everybody else out. Um, when I came back, there was a lady that Angela said that she should sue me because I didn't want to help her try to get back her two daughters. And earlier that year, on May of 2013, the lady sent me a case file. I said, look, I'll help you get back your two daughters, but send me a copy of the case file. I don't want to help get people back their children who are like drug dealers or murderers or whatever. Send me the case file. So when she sent me the case file, I seen on page 17 that the two emergency room nurses, the pediatrician lady, the director of the hospital, 
and the pastor of the hospital, a deacon or minister of the hospital, all five women, said that this woman was raping her four-year-old and six-year-old girls to try to make it look like daddy was doing it. So to me, that's the private. So hmm. what happened was I got I was doing a show on Thursday nights. Before Angela's show, I was doing it like 7, 8 o'clock at night. Angela would come on at 9. I'd run my show for an hour or two, and then I'd say to everybody, let's jump over to Angela's show and help Angela out on her show. So uh, I was just doing it for women and children on Thursday night. Saturday night I had my uh, show where I just cursed like a you know mad dog and an Englishman. I just cursed like crazy. But on Thursday nights I toned it down to talk to women and children. So um, when a lady, I see in her case file, and she called me back up like that Thursday to talk about her case, I said, ma'am, I do not feel comfortable this is the answer to your question. Ma'am, I do not feel uncomfortable at this time to talk about that. She said, well, you're going to help me get my kids back or not. I said, I believe they're with their father. Yes. And he's married to a new woman. Yes. I think they're very, you know, they're going to do very well with him and her. And she said, you see, you're just like every other man. You're sticking up for the man. I said, ma'am, at this time, I just don't feel comfortable with uh, helping with this case. I think it would be best for me to find something else to do. So, no, ma'am. At this time, you have to find somebody else to help you because I don't feel comfortable with this. Okay, this is, believe it or not, this is your answer. So what happened was, you know, all the women on the show said, see, you're a male chauvinist pig, you only care about men, just like Angela did to me, saying that's not true about women, Call, Yeah, okay, right, Angela, whatever. Oh, you always generalize us? Yeah, right. I said, okay, ladies, you know what? If I'm such a male chauvinist pig, if I'm just sticking up for the guys the whole time, how the fuck are you even listening to me? You know what? I ain't doing Thursday night shows anymore. You know what? I'm telling you. I cannot tell you why I can't help this woman. All I'm telling you is I won't. And you've got to trust me and leave it at that. And they just called me all kinds of names and said goodbye. And you'll see on my earlier shows, some of them match up on a calendar to Thursdays. And some of them will like only three days later. That's why I got like 207 shows in only three years. How did he do that? Mathematically, it, it, it's not... 200 weeks in a year. That's because I was doing two shows a week. I was doing a Thursday and a Saturday show. That's why I got 207 episodes so quickly. Mm-hmm. But anyway, this lady calls up Angela back in January of 2013 then, the following year, 2014. And Angela says, oh, you should sue call because you gave him $20 and he didn't give you back your kids. Well, the lady actually gave me a donation in April for giving, getting Jonathan and Jesse back her kids. And then in May, she sent me her case file. In June, I talked on the radio and I said, I can't help you, man. So that $20 had nothing to do with getting her back of kids. And the lady had already spent like $30,000 on an appeal. So, uh, but she told Angela, no, I, they won't even let me go into the courtroom. We've never had a trial. We've never had a, uh, you know, we've never brought this into court yet. They won't let me go into court. And I already read the case file. The lady already lost on appeals. So the lady was just bullshit like crazy to Angela. Bullshit to the whole world. I don't remember what her name was. It was uh, I don't remember. Some Canadian name. I don't remember. <laughs> it was Manitoba Mom. That's what it was. Manitoba Mom. And uh, just a wacko. And uh, so I, I said, this is your answer. Watch this. Because I said to Angela, here, you want to know why I couldn't um, you know why I couldn't uh, help her? Here, read page 17 of the case file. And Angela read it. And everybody remembers Angela reading it. Angela said, oh, the children had a, a, 
uh, unusual ability to take their clothes off really quickly and spread their legs. And it's the conclusion of the doctors of this hospital that this woman's been sticking objects up in her children to make it appear that they were being raped by daddy. And see, Angela read it on the air. She fucking read it. She brought something that was private into the public. Now, when Angela got that page from me, and I said, Angela, I can't read this on your show. If you want to, you could read it, okay? Because I can't read it, Angela, but I don't tell her why. Because I am a man. And Angela, I know you are not a man. And you are a woman, and you won't mind spreading gossip and innuendo and rumor and speculation and conjecture. You won't mind doing it. But me, I know ethically, I cannot read what that's on that paper because it, it, what happened if it's not true? I just destroyed this woman on the air. And I am not going to destroy the Manitoba mom on the air just because five women swore in court that she's raping her girls. I am not going to repeat it in the public. That is in the private. That should never have been brought to the public. That's mm-hmm. why... June, I did not say why I couldn't help that woman on the air. That's why I said, I don't feel comfortable at this time. I'm reading something here in a case file that I don't like. And I just can't move forward with helping this woman. You women have to trust me. I can't tell you why. Because it would be unethical for me to tell you why. It would be wrong for me to do it. I'd be doing something in the public which needs to stay in the private. It's between her and her children and her God. Not me to decide. Not for the world to decide. What's going on between her and her children and God, she's going to have to deal with in the private. This is nothing for the public to hear. But Angela had no problem just reading the whole damn page instead of saying, call, call, I, I can't read this. What do you mean, Angela? Why can't you read it? Because, call, this is private this shouldn't be disclosed to the public that's right angela you're ethical you have morals you have character you're a fucking man but she had no problem reading it i couldn't read it there's no fucking way anybody could have paid me enough fucking money to read that fucking page 17 on the air it would never fucking happen i would never fucking do it so when a girl comes into the public and says mommy or daddy's sticking stuff up to me i'm in the public i'm like look that's between you, your mommy, and God. You know, honestly, it's in a private. Honestly, I can't get involved. I don't know. I don't have all. I have. I don't know what happened here. I'm going to have to get both sides of the story, honey. I can't just go around and execute people for you. I can't do it. So, like I said, if the policeman wanted to investigate it, that's fine. But if Frank said no, he didn't do it. That's as far as you go. Did the man say no? I didn't do it. You didn't do it. You got any photos and proof that said he did? No, you don't got it? Well, then you got to let him be. It's his word against her word, and there's nothing you do about it. You just got to let him go. Oh, real quick, that that sounds totally right. What tactics do, let's say, the police use, usually at your door, when they're like, oh, yeah, we have a report, a public report, or something happened in your house? What do they, they, they of course, want you to either, they want you to bring it out. Well, right? like I said, on Gus's, on Gus's, um, um, web page or on Gus's YouTube channel, he actually put together like the three-day conversation I had with the cops pounding on some lady's door, trying to get into her door to see the newborn granddaughter. Okay, her daughter was 15 years old when she got pregnant. Obviously, she got raped. 
16, 17-year-olds, whatever she was, either 16 or 17-year-olds, she gave birth. I don't remember if she was 16 or 17 or she was pregnant at 16 or 15. I don't know. But obviously, it was under age of 18. So 17 or 16-year-olds, she had the kid. <coughs> she started to make a claim for food stamps for the baby. Social services wanted to come in and see if there really was a live baby in that Section 8 housing. She was getting government housing, government food, government everything, money, government welfare, government heat, government air conditioning, government electricity, government everything. And the social services wanted to come into that house and see if there really was a newborn baby. And the grandma obviously was scared because, obviously, who's having sex with a 15, 16-year-old girl in her house if the baby's popping out and the girl was either 16 or 17? Mm -hmm. So, obviously, this grandma knows, the, the mom knows that her daughter's having sex while she's underage and getting pregnant. Now, Maybe the guy who she got pregnant with one was forty year old man that grandma let in the house. I don't fucking know, and I don't fucking care. All I know is this was in the private, and all I know is if grandma didn't want them involved, that's between grandma, the daughter, and the newborn baby. Okay. And yes, yeah. did, did did I know that this girl was sixteen or seventeen and gave birth? Absolutely. Do I think it's correct to have fifteen, sixteen year old girls having birth? That's insane. Totally fucking nuts. But then again, you've got to say, look, Paul, this is between these people. They're from Guyana, English Guyana, not French Guyana, English Guyana. These are people that maybe get pregnant at 10 years old, for all I know from where their culture is. I don't know, and I don't care. Mm -hmm. I'm saying to myself, is like, this, is, this isn't a private. This is between their four closed walls. Now, to me, they were insane to ask for food stamps for a brand new baby. How much does a brand new baby really eat? Come on, milk? Come on. You know, but for some reason, they they decided, well, hell, there's another mouth here. Let's get another couple hundred bucks of free uh, government aid. Yeah. So they were crazy enough to get this all going. But by me telling her, walking her through step by step by step by step, when the cops are pounding on the door, social services, people are knocking on the door, everybody's pounding on a freaking door, uh, I was able to get the cops to leave on Tuesday, Wednesday, Friday, and Saturday. It was four days of nonsense. And the lady was asking me, help, call, they're knocking my dog, they're pounding, it. call help. And you hear me walking her through every single step. But the government knows they can't cross that threshold. Like I said, it was an English, old English saying was like the, the rain may come through the roof, the wind may come through the windows, but the king and his horsemen better not cross that threshold. Mm -hmm. That was a good call, actually. I listened to that. Right, but that's what I'm trying to say. They can't come through. So what mm -hmm. I try to tell people, I realized that they were going to take my kids. So before they took my kids, I made what you call a preemptive strike. I went down to their main office. I found the director of social services. I found the second director of social services, and I got those women in a room. And I said to them very simply, I just want to give you a notice. Are you sure you don't want legal competent counsel in a room at this time? They're like, what? I said, I'm going to say something, and it might not make any sense to you women. What? Let me just, you don't, you don't want an attorney here. No, okay, well, here. And I, I gave it to him in writing, too. I said, however this county gets the gets my property, anything that I possess, car, bicycle, hula hoop, children, dogs, cats, whatever property that I have, if it winds up into the, the hands of the county agents or the county in any manner, whether it's a legal manner, legal seizure, a lawful manner, we agree to, to swap something, or you just decide to take it and carry it off, steal it. I'm going to require fair and compensa just compensation. Bottom line. You have something that's mine, 
You either have to return it immediately or use and enjoy it for as long as you wish. But I'm going to require fair and just compensation. Do you understand? And they looked at me. It's like, wait a second. You're the victim's father. Yes. Do you want counseling or some drugs to calm down or something? Do you want counseling for you and your child? No, no, no. We're fine. I'm just giving you fair warning. If you think you're going to take and carry her off to use her enjoy for a police investigation or you want to... Like you want to take my car on a high-speed police chase? Like, we're seizing your car. Police emergency. Uh, we got a rapist. We got a baby molester in the neighborhood. We're going to take your car. Fine, take my car. But if you decide to take my car for 10 days, 20 days, 1,000 days, you better believe you're going to pay me. You better believe I'm not going to be walking down the street with a thumb in the air because you took my car. You said, well, you're using it for a police investigation for 100 days. No, you're going to pay me every damn day you got my car. Or give it back. And they just looked at me like I was crazy. I was like, ladies, do as you wish. And I recorded it all. And then obviously I gave them a notice. So see, what I did is I told them straight up, you know, and this is what I tell everybody, man, when you move to a state or a county or something like that, you better tell these people straight up, that's my property and this is what I wish to do with it. If you, have, if you don't like what I'm going to do with it, if you believe you have another way I should do it, let me know. This is my address. This is my uh, phone number. Give me a call. Let's talk about it. But this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to take my property from point A to point B. It's going to be insured, or it's going to be in bonded, or it's going to be under escrow. This is the escrow account. This is the insurance policy number. I am not going to get tags on it. I am not going to register it. I am not going to title it. But it will be indemnified against any cause of harm or loss that it might accrue to the public while it's in use in, public, in the public at large on the common ground. So you send them something like that, show them proof of insurance. Mm-hmm. But like, I'll be damned, man, if I want to put a title. You're going to give me a title for my car. No, 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 no. You're not going to control my car. But I'll insure it. I'll bond it. And here's the state minimum. I think the state minimum is what, 20, 20, 10? Well, here you go. Here's 20, 20, 10. And tell them straight up. But no, I am not going to be part of this legal society, this legal world, this legal mumbo-jumbo. I'm not, I don't wish to be part of it. But he has proof that in case when I step out of public or my kid steps out of public or the horse or the car, anything, I'm covered, I'm insured, I'm indemnified, I got a bond or something's an escrow. And the government has access to this escrow account, whatever. And that's how I deal with it. I give him fair warning. So thank God I was able to give him fair warning, give him a notice, get it mailed off before they took the kids. Because after they take the kids or after they give you a ticket for a registration or after they give you a ticket for not having a driver's license, then you kind of look like a nut job trying to say, well, I'm a man and I didn't need to do this. So why don't you just let me know? Mm-hmm. Why, why, why all the drama? Why don't you just let me know that there's a man here upon this land and you don't believe this and, okay, thank you for giving us heads up. So when we do stop you, we're like, oh, that guy? Oh, yeah. We know all about him. Just like when Jonathan and Jesse get stopped now up in Canada, as soon as they run their names, the cops just pulled Jesse over not too long ago and behind her van ran her name, and Jesse said he just drove off, drove around her van and took off. Because mm-hmm. they're people who, who they are. They're not legal persons. They're not going to play the fucking game. You know, you're wasting your time. They're going to take you to court. It, it ain't going to work out well for the crown, you know, the government. It ain't going to work out well. So just say, mm-hmm. ah, screw it. Because they oh. go around, and they go around, and they, and they, got, they notice everybody. 
I, I got one more quick question about your the the Frank's case that you're dealing with, um, or Frank's yeah. deal. You, you you mentioned you said that you I didn't catch that you said you were going to be counsel for him or or what you actually said, but you said you're gonna be power attorney, try to become try to obtain power attorney over all his legal and lawful matters. What would what because you are the biological father of the plaintiff? I guess it would be right. Is she or what would your daughter be in a case like that? The is the state or county bringing the charge and she's just the victim or something or? Yeah, she would be. She would be what would be the victim because that's what's funny is because how I'm going to word it is like how I get everybody out of trouble is the state has no vested interest in the matter because. The one guy in England, Mo, how he did it in England was just like how I do it. He just explained to the crown, uh, this man headbutted this man on this man's front lawn. He knocked this man out on his front lawn. He did not knock him out in the street. He knocked him out on private property. He knocked him out on his land. It's between that man and that man. Now, that man will compensate him for harm, damage, hospital bills, all this other shit. But where the F does the government get off thinking that they're going to put this man in jail for a year when the state has no interest. It didn't cost the government a dime what happened. So what makes you believe that you can get compensated or you can get a ruling or a judgment over a matter which it had nothing to do with the public? Mm-hmm. Real quick, I have the... If you were acting as power of attorney for Frank, could not the court turn that around on you and say it's a conflict of interest, that Frank's not going to get a fair trial because you are actually related to the victim, and they're going to spin it around saying that you're going to try to sabotage Frank. Because I wouldn't, I wouldn't be in their court. Frank would be moving his court against them. I'd be in Frank's court. They'd be in their court. Okay, just like Bali. Just like Bali in England. When the Crown moved against Bali, I was not appearing in the Crown court. I could explain to the court that there's a claim before the court, and I'm appearing for that claim that's before the court, not for the criminal complaint. I'm not going to appear for Frank for the criminal complaint. I'm going to appear for the claim. Frank's going to move a claim while they're moving a criminal complaint. I am not going to try to tap dance through their fucking court, or we'll get slaughtered. Yeah, who's going to do that? He's just You're just going to guide him totally through, but not like just like Bali and them, I just totally ignored it. And Bali and them were guilty on all counts. Mm-hmm. Right. But now, when a common law side of the court was heard, they were discharged. Okay. Right. Well, that makes sense, I guess. So Frank could be found guilty on the legal side. Who cares? The legal person known as Frank is guilty. Who gives a shit? The man known as Frank is free to go. Who gives a shit what they do with the legal person? I don't give a damn what they do with the legal person. Do whatever the fuck you want. Do whatever you want with the Boy Scout societal person. The legal society, the Boy Scout society, like I said, when all these societies started to, you know, grow back in the late 1800s, you know, communists, you know, the Nazi parties, the Boy Scout societies, the Ku Klux Klan societies, the legal societies, when all these groups started to really get into power back in the 1870s, 1880s, 1890s, they all started to spring. For some reason, the the, the, the fraternal order of the legal society or the legal order of the, you know, the society of the legal department, the legalese people, they prevailed. It looked like the Ku Klux Klan was going to prevail in the United States. They had millions and millions of uh, Ku Klux Klan members. They were marching all over the United States. They were taking over the whole uh, southern government, all the southern government uh, 
mayors and congressmen and senators, they all had to be members of the Ku Klux Klan, the, the Ku Klux Klan Society. Now they're all members of the legal society. So the legal society is taking over instead of the Ku Klux Klan Society. It's a societal order. That's why everybody says about the 13th Amendment is that people of the legal society aren't allowed to be congressmen or senators or you know governors or mayors or have any political office whatsoever because it's a societal order. And they realize that when they occupy, you know, all the government positions like that, they're going to have an undue influence over the common normal man. It's just like now. It's like when that gay rights thing passed through the United States like lightning. If you go down here to any of these, uh, like I did, I, I spent three years in a, a law university, almost all the guys down there are gay. The gay people are taking over all the positions of the government. They're taking over all the positions of being a judge, congressman, senator, attorneys. They're taking over all those positions. So when they want something to go through and to be called law, legal, lease, law, the gay agenda is going to go flying through this country like lightning because they're the ones who want to become attorneys. I don't be an effing attorney. I like working in the farm. I like digging a hole. I like writing a backhoe. I like, you know, today I was playing with ponies. You know, I enjoyed dealing with, you know, animals. I don't want to be sitting in an office in a three-piece suit and tie with my fingernails perfect and pretty and manicured. Who wants to sit in a three-piece office suit and tie with the fingers manicured? Gay guys. They smell good all day. They look pretty all day. They're shiny all day. They don't get their fingers. Gay guys. I have one more question, if you want. You uh, really think a gay guy wants to be a plumber? Do you think really think a gay guy wants to be a welder? You think a really gay guy, you know, wants to really do this, you know, like real butch manly stuff? No, they want to keep their fingernails not clean. Not the kind of plumber that you're talking about, anyway. You know. That's what I'm saying. They're taking over the positions of power. What they believe have legal authority, legal power. So normal guys like me who just want to work all day. Obviously, these legal, these gay people hate people like me, and they're going to destroy a, a real man, and they're going to destroy a real family. You know, they're not going to destroy their gay society. They're going to not to destroy their legal society. They're going to destroy the normal, everyday nine to five kind of guy society, the blue collar guy society. That's what they have an agenda to destroy. Mm-hmm. And that's why the U.S. Marshal, fucking the, the attorney for the U.S. Marshal's office, he says, "I see what you're saying, Carl. It all makes sense." I said, "Of course." He says, Carl, how many years we got left before they take over? I said, I don't fucking know. I don't know how many people I can wake up. I said, I don't know how many people actually give a fuck. I mm-hmm. said, as long as people have cheap gas and, uh, and they got plenty of food, honestly, and they got Nintendo and crap, I don't, and computers, I don't think they're going to give a shit until it happens to them. Like I know my mom and Frank, they didn't give a shit about what happened to me for all those years. Oh, now it's happening to them. Oh, now they give a shit. Mm-hmm. So until, until it happens to you, nobody finds my... Let me tell you what. Nobody finds my YouTube channel because they're looking for Britney Spears or Madonna. They find my YouTube channel because they're in trouble. And they can't afford an attorney. And they can't figure out how to get the hell out of the trouble. So they start Googling. And the next thing you know, they find me. People don't yeah. find me because they're having a happy time. Or they're trying to find, like, what's Britney Spears or Kardashian wearing tonight. Yeah. Exactly. They're finding me because they're in trouble. Uh, about the power of attorney thing, if it, uh, you, you, and you can correct me anytime. Uh, you said you Frank will be moving his court, and you, you, you don't have to tell the the, the judge or court anything who you are, right? You don't. You're not going to file a, a statutory power of attorney, right? 
No, I'm just going to have Frank say that Carl Lentz has the right to do and act on my behalf at will. So that, to who? Who's he going to say that to? He's going to put in the form of a notice to the world. It's going to be a notice to the world. Just notice. Yeah. Like a bulletin board, a notice. You stick a bulletin board, you stick a notice on a bulletin board. Notice, Where, like, a, like a part of the newspaper. You open up the newspaper, you yeah. look down to the legal section, you look at all the notices in the legal section. Is he going to file that notice with someone, though? Or like The easiest way to do it would be put it in a newspaper. Yeah, probably. I mean, that's... Put it in a newspaper. It's just like if, if you broke up with your wife or there's a boyfriend, girlfriend broke up. You put in a legal notice. I don't owe the debt for Susie Cupcake. Me and Susie broke up April 1st. I'm done. Don't come to me with any of damn Susie's debts or damn Susie's bills. We broke up over a year ago. Don't bother giving me any more bills. And you put a legal notice in. You put a notice in the legal section of the yeah. newspaper. There's a notice section. But you you wouldn't paper. file that with any court court <clears throat> no. clerk. Would you? No, you could send it to the if you want to. You could send it like a secretary of state. But no, what court? <clears throat> and then what I would do for Frank, I'd file a habeas corpus. Mm-hmm. If I'd hit power attorney, that's what I'd do for Frank. I'd hire I'd file a habeas corpus, and I'd get him out of that ridiculous family court, and I'd get him over to the big boy court across the street, circuit court. I'd get him over to criminal court. Can't you do that right now? Nope. Oh. I got, no, I got no interest in the matter. Right. I'm not, I know. I'm, I'm not his son. I'm not his family. I'm not his blood. No. Some stranger can't just come up and just say, hey, I want to take this guy over here to this court. Who am I? No, no, no. I mean, I mean file the power of attorney right now. and No, no, no. Frank has to do it. Frank has to write the notice. I can't write the notice. Frank has to do it. Is he doing that? That's what I'm asking. <laughs> I don't know. But his son told him to do it. His son, I, his son, okay, how we did it the other day is his son printed out on a big, like, 48 font, and he put it up against the glass so his dad could read it. He said, mm-hmm. Dad, need to write this and send it out. Mail it out to us. Get it to us. Write this. And it basically just said, I, Frank Russo, give all fucking power, power over mm-hmm. all that I have, you know, to call Lance, you know, to do as he wills. I don't remember exactly what Frankie put up against the glass, but Frankie showed me. He says, Call, is this good? Is this basically what Dad has to say? He said, Perfect. Then you let your dad write it and mail it out to us. Tell him, that, you know, and he did. He just, because you can't hand something over uh, the glass when you visit him. And if you put something like that in the mail to Frank, the the prison probably wouldn't have let that mail go through. They censor what goes in and they censor what goes out. So Frankie had to put it up on a big piece of paper and just share it to the dad. Read this. Write it down. Send it out to us. Now, whether Frank could get it out, if if Frank could get it out, that would be great too. But like because that one guy in Georgia had to do, he had to smuggle it out on a roll of toilet paper. It's evil what they fucking do. Dude, it's evil what they fucking do. Yeah. And if you read the Supreme Court case, USA versus Georgia, 19, no, not 19, 2003 or 2006, it's mm-hmm. the only one that's US, U.S. versus Georgia. The Supreme Court judges, justices are actually saying in their opinions, yes, it was kind of hard to read this man's complaint of what they were doing to him in prison because we had to read it on a roll of toilet paper. And actual Supreme Court justices say that. We had to read it on a roll of toilet paper because they wouldn't give him paper and pen. He had to smuggle it out on shitty fucking toilet paper. He had to take his fucking shit and write it out on toilet paper. 
It's crazy what they fucking do to these guys. And this is mm-hmm. what I try to say to these people. My little brother Frankie said he has friends who works over at that fucking uh, uh, divisional, um, regional uh, jail. It's not a jail. It's not a prison. It's a regional detention center. It's private. It's a private corporation. He says they actually see boxes there that says not fit for human consumption. And they feed it to the prisoners. I said, that's right. Because your dad is not a fucking human. Your dad is not man. Your dad's a prisoner. Your dad's an inmate. Your dad's not man. I said, so it says not fit for consumption by man or human consumption. That's right, because he's an inmate. He's not a man. He's a prisoner. He's not a man. Just like all my dogs and cats. They're all my prisoners. They're all behind a fucking six-foot-tall fence. They're all my captives. They're all mine. I don't have to treat them like a human. I don't have to treat them like a man. I mean, they all got fucking chopped meat tonight, didn't you, fat fucking dog? Didn't you, Monarchia? <laughs> but, uh, yeah, she's loving life here, man. Sitting on my sofa. Mm-hmm. You sit on my sofa a hundred times more than I've sat on my sofa. But Monarchia's a good dog. Ain't you, Monta? Yeah, you got, is that a dog or a cat? Oh, that's a dog, Montekia. All right, well, yeah, if, if your dog could talk, I just wonder what that guy would say. You know what I oh, mean? She, she is spoiled rotten. It's funny, I took a picture yesterday. The cat was sleeping across the dog's belly on my sofa. It looked ridiculous. Montekia likes sleeping on her back. And Are you Spanish? Me? No. Okay, because I was going to ask you if you knew what Montekia meant in Spanish. No, I don't. It, it just means butter. Oh, you know, I just call her butter. You know, Matatia. Matatia. Yeah, she's just, she's just a, you know, she's just spoiled. She's a rotten dog. But that's what I'm saying. These dogs get treated great, even though they're my captives and prisoners. I'm sure they appreciate the hell. You know what I feed up. I mean, Gus will tell you, man. He lived with me for seven weeks, and I feed these dogs and cats the same exact food I eat. You know, so they don't get treated like crap. You know, they get treated damn good. They get treated better than a fucking or an inmate in a regional detention center. So you yeah. if, you're stuck in a regional, if you're stuck in a regional detention center, who are you going to sue? Say, say uh, Prisons of America owns that place. Or say McDonald's owns that place. Or say Renter Center owns that place. And they put somebody in charge. Like, uh, you know, they find some homeless guy and says, you know what, you're the CEO of this, you're the CEO of this prison. Oh, wow, that's great. You know, I was homeless. Now I'm not yet. You know, we'll pay you uh, 50 grand a year and you're the CEO of this company. Yeah, so when you go to sue the CEO of that uh, Prisons of America, you find out he's actually really just a homeless guy that they just stuck there as a figurehead. So when mm-hmm. you sue them, they'll throw the fucking uh, homeless guy under the bus and say, yeah, well, we fired that CEO and uh, we're sorry that, you know, Grandpa got treated like crap. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, well, how about the damages? It's like, well, yeah, you know. You know, you know, it's not our fault. You know, it's the man in charge. You know, you got to sue the man. You know, you, you know, it's not us. You know, it's, it's just, a, it's just a ton of horseshit that they're getting away from the counties and the states running these prisons and jails, because it's a lot easier to go after risk management or going after the Department of Finance of the state, because they're all bond and the insurance companies all matter of public records. It's a lot easier to sue them than it is to go after a private corporation. And if you sue them for enough money, well, you know, the prisons of America. Will just you know, uh, they'll change their name instead of being prison of America. They'll say prison of Americas or mm-hmm. prison of, of the Americas. You know, so if you win a billion dollar lawsuit against them, they'll just change their name. Instead of being the prison of America, they'll be the prisoners of America mm-hmm. or the jails of America. They'll just change their name a little bit, and they will never pay you a fucking dime. Yeah, it's just cruel. I mean, it's just really cruel what's going on by letting these people run prison. 
private prisons because it's really hard to get a damn dime out of a private corporation because they're not like uh, a government that are all bonded, they're all insured, indemnified, risk management. Somebody's got, you know, government, you know, big wallets, big paychecks. <clears throat> These guys who run prison in America, like 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 Mobile or Exxon Corporation, every year they're running in the red. Every year, <clears throat> I've never seen like Mobile Oil, no matter how many years I've been alive, turn a profit at the end of the year. They're always in the red. They're always losing money, and you always laugh. How could these companies be losing money? Because that's how they get tax benefits and grant money from the governments. Mm-hmm. The citizens of America, I guarantee they're running in a red. I guarantee every year they'll squeal, squeal, they're losing a billion dollars a year by housing all these prisoners. We need more government grant money. We need more loans. So you assume they're going to say, look, look at our books. What? We're a billion dollars behind this year. What? We got no money to give you. Yeah, and that, that's why all over the news, when there's like a one cent drop in a barrel of oil, they they all start screaming we're broke. Yeah. <laughs> like I said, so the only thing you can do is pull that charter. That's the yeah. only other option for man. It's like if this if this government, no, or this uh, uh, private corporation, Coca Cola or Bristol Myers, they have a, a put cyanide in a Coca Cola, and one person dies of a Coca Cola bottle, you pull every damn fucking Coca Cola bottle off the shelves. And you shut Coca-Cola down. Mm-hmm. So that's all that would happen with one of these private prisons. You would have to pull that charter and tell the state government, get in there with the state police or get in there with the federal U.S. marshals and take that fucking prison over and get those prisoners proper food and get them proper water and get them proper medical attention. That's the only way you can do it. You've got to pull that charter and then you've got to send, you know, like I said, you've got to send the, the state police in or the county or you've got to send somebody in and say, hey, these people are being treated like crap, you know, but somebody's got to have the balls big enough to say, hey, pull that charter. Mm-hmm. Is uh, Frank taking orders in there? Oh, I don't know, man. I guarantee that. I guarantee the guy's falling apart, man. He's 65 years old. He's got Parkinson's. He's got one eye. He shakes yeah. like a fucking leaf. You know, he's never been charged with a crime in his life. He's never hit anybody in his life. This is ridiculous. And then, you know, to him to try to keep it cool? Oh, please. You yeah, know, he's exactly. he's lived a normal life his whole life. He married my mom. He lived with his mom. He got married. They divorced. He married my mom. He's been with my mom some, like, since 1980, I don't know, 30, 40, So, you know, like 30, 40 years, how many years that is. That's all he's known. He goes to work. And he's never had a vacation in 32 years. You know, so mm-hmm. th- this is, like, a nightmare to him. Yeah, I, I know you're a good judge of character just by listening to you and the stories you tell and uh, and stuff. Now, w- with this Frank deal, what if he's he's innocent and of course he is? What will what will happen to your daughter? Because the state's going to try to shed liability, or the county is going to try to shed that liability quick. Right, and then you know, and put it all on her, like, oh, she lied. So what do you no, think? No, you can't take you can't take testimony from a minor. You can't hold a minor like that liable. You know you can't let a minor sign a contract. You can't because the, the minor doesn't have the capacity to understand the difference between right or wrong. So they're only looking for a confession from Frank, right? right exactly. I mean, and, and, and when he says he's not a unicorn, the policeman is going to have to prove he's a fucking unicorn. Now, good thing, luck proving that he's a pedophile or 
like I said, the thing that they said in the newspaper, they charged him with production of child pornography. They production. I was like, holy crap. I said, Mike the cop, I said, you realize you're going to have to find child pornography. Do you understand what you just did? Do you understand there's no way in the world you're going to be able to prove that charge? You're going to actually have to have physical evidence of child pornography. You can't just say, well, Frank agreed that, you know, he took pictures and videos of her and him. Oh, really? You know, that's, that's, going, to be, that's going to be lovely. And you have the proof, yes. And you have the pictures. He said, yes. And I have him on video saying he does. And then three days later saying he doesn't. So did he lie to me in the driveway when he's arresting Frank? Or did he lie to me at the police department? He really does have him. And I know he doesn't have him because I told him. I said, look, if you had those pictures, you throw them in my face and you say, get the fuck out of my office. You couldn't mm-hmm. take control of your family. You couldn't fucking make, protect your daughter. We had to fucking do it. We had to find the We had to do the manly job. You're a punk bitch. Get your fucking motley crew from Boston and Ohio the hell out of our office and don't ever fucking come back, you piece of shit. Dad. I said, that's exactly what you would have said to me, Mike. That's exactly what I said to the cop in front of all his friends. You don't got the damn pictures, do you? You lied to me in a damn driveway, didn't you? You got us believing that he did it, didn't you? Now you don't have it. Oh, well, it doesn't matter that I don't have it. Uh, well, let's talk about the safety of your daughter. I said, no, let's talk about the safety of you keeping your job and the county not being sued for a billion damn dollars because you got an innocent man in there, and you know you ain't got a case. I said, how about we talk about that? Mm, I know, I mean... And the West V-Tiles got it on video of me doing that to him in the sheriff's department. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if V-Tiles loaded it up. So we can watch it. What's that? I don't know if V-Tiles loaded it up yet. Yeah, I think he put out a couple. They're good. Good watch. <laughs> I know he's got more, or he said he's got more to send up them and stuff, so. Right, but that was me talking to the cops. There was three of them in the lobby, but it was the one in particular who's investigating. I said, do you understand what the fuck you did? I said, it's in the newspaper now. How are you going to fucking pull it out? I said, are you, and then I went after the prosecutor guy. I said, who the fuck led you to be a prosecutor? My God. I said, you're charging this guy with 25 counts. Why don't you charge him one count at a time. Find the wimpiest, weakest count and nail that fucker. Get a conviction on a fucker then go for count number two. I said, do you understand? If I was prosecuting this guy, I'd pick the wimpiest charge, whatever I could find, um, uh, molesting, you know, ball at her. He, uh, he, he yelled at her. Let's do that charge, okay? And if we get a conviction, let's do a second charge, then do a third charge, then do a fourth charge. I said, do you understand? You put 25 charges on the table. Do you understand? If you free all 25 charges, he could flip one of those charges on you and come after you. And if you wanted him for 15 years for the description of child pornography, you know, you have to bear that burden. You have to pay. You're supposed to go to jail for 15 years because you couldn't prove that, but you wished it upon him. So instead of this country, they're not going to put you in jail for 15 years, buddy. They're going to find out how much 15 years costs a man for his life. It's a million dollars a year. Al, you own $15 million. Don't you understand how this fucking law of this land works? I said, you can't possibly be that stupid to fucking put 25 charges on somebody at one time. How the hell are you going to juggle 25 charges? I said, I have a hard enough time juggling one charge. I said, you're super cop or you're super prosecutor. For some reason, you're going to pull this fucking little mirror off and get 25 at one time, and you're going to carry the fucking day? Are you fucking kidding me? 
Like, what the fuck? Who taught you how to prosecute a case? Oh, I was yeah. going off on a prosecutor right there in the courthouse. Hey, do you think, Carl... But I wasn't you, going after the prosecutor saying, Frank didn't do it. I was going after the prosecutor saying, are you out of your fucking mind? Do you have any idea how hard it's going to be to prosecute this guy on 25 charges? Do you have any idea? And do you understand that if you're using my daughter, do you understand what's going to happen to me? Honestly, if he wants to and he's got a small enough attorney, they could sue you and they could sue me. Because mm-hmm. it's my daughter that's falsely making a claim against this man. So I'm on the hook for billions of fucking dollars. This county's on the hook for billions of dollars, and you're on a fucking hook, schmuck. That's my question. Do you think, honestly, someone trying to set you up? What, what do you think about that? That's, of course, a valid question. Is someone coming after you uh, just waiting for the perfect time? I'm not saying they coerced your daughter into saying anything, but now it's boom. It's It's... No, no, they didn't know who I was. No, this county had no idea who I was. Okay. <laughs> no, I'm just telling him what a sloppy job of prosecuting he's doing. I said, look, man, I said, you know, I'd be at this to him. I said, look, I'm going to explain this to you, man. I said, I don't know how much money you made last year, but let me tell you what. I know I made a hell of a lot more than you do, boy. And I said, you're out of your fucking mind. You're taking on 25 charges at one time. I said, and I guarantee he's not the only case you have. I guarantee you probably got a couple of dozen of these cases. How the hell do you think you're going to carry 25 charges? 25. How the hell do you think you're going to pull that little miracle off? And they're already filed, right? He can't change that, can he? No, what is funny is uh, when I actually got the uh, paperwork the next day, he's not charged with anything yet. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. He's all held on, still on the warrant of Mike the cop's word. They haven't actually charged him yet. So when I actually got the paperwork the next day, I looked at it, and I said to my mom, uh, I was going to wake her up at 10 o'clock at night, but I said to uh, the guy from Ohio, we were talking about it at a restaurant, and I said to him, holy shit, what? I remember what that paperwork said tonight. What? I said what I saw. He said, I said, wait a second, I don't want to get too happy. Let me get back to my mom's, and let me see if I can read it. When we got back, it was like 8, 9, 10 o'clock, and the lights were off, and I don't want to wake her up. It was a long fucking week long. And I said, I bet you he's in family court, not criminal court. I bet he's held on a warrant, and I bet he's not charged. And then when I got and I actually read the paperwork the next morning, I said, holy shit, he's in family court, which is a joke. You Mm -hmm. know, it's a joke. And there's no charges on him. He's not in criminal court. It's like, holy shit, these motherfuckers must have understood what I thought. How long do they have to charge him? Is there a limitation on how how long they have to actually... Because Frank is in an administrative court, because Frank didn't tell them he's a man. He's mm-hmm. a Virginia citizen, so they could hold him indefinitely. He's a, he's a baby. They could hold him. He's in family court. He's not in big boy criminal court. He doesn't have rights. Mm-hmm. And his attorney is going to get his ass over to the big boy court where he's got rights, where he's got a right to bail. He's got a right to bond. They're waiting for him to go get a, a statutory attorney to make some sort of plea. Right, to well, get out. No, what I'm saying is the, the, the statutory attorney is going to let him sit and rot in family court. The statutory attorney is not going to say this is outrageous. Get this fucking man over to big boy court so we can look at the fucking case file. So mm-hmm. we can get the fucking ball on the roll. No, because if he sits over there in family court for years, the attorney is just going to keep making money. It's billable hours. There is no fucking reason for an attorney in this nation, in the United States, to end the case, like I do, in 20 minutes. 
because yeah. no billable hours. So they're going to milk this thing for everything they got. They're going to wait until this guy is broke. And then they're going to say, oh, well, take him over to the big boy court. They're going to take him over to the big boy court, and they're going to let him go. He's probably going to plead out to uh, one case of child molesting. Uh, they'll give him six months probation, time served, and uh, be on a, a, a sexual offender's list for the rest of his life and uh, have to go to fucking some sort of family or crisis or molesting counseling for a year or two and be told not to go near the girl until he's 18. And he'll be so grateful just to get the fuck out of that hellhole that he'll agree. It's sick, but I know that's what they're going to do. Are there, is there anyone trying, any attorney trying to contact him in this case? Because, I mean, that's a shitload of money doing what, if they can do what they, you just said that that's what they do, you know, billable hours, let him sit. Is there, do you know of anyone, any firm? Well, no, I'm just trying to think of, uh, he has one attorney and his lady's name was Linda. And uh, he said, she's just throwing me under the bus. He said to his kid. He says, she's just doing nothing. She's just letting... I'm telling you, I got nine attorneys. My wife got eight. That's 17 fucking attorneys that cost us hundreds of thousands of dollars. And all we wanted to know is why are they holding my child in the state's custody? Can somebody tell us why? Dirty mm-hmm. fucking trials. We finally got the answer. Oh, you voluntarily signed them away. How the fucking loogie, I said to the judge. It only took 30 trials. 29. Anytime I ask that question, can somebody tell us why we're here? The judge always told me, shut up. You're going to be holding a contempt of court. Talk to your lawyer. Ask your lawyer. I said, I got 17 of these fuckers right here. Not a fucking single one of them fucking tell me why we're here. It was insane. Mm-hmm. I just wanted to know why we were in family court. Were we here because you took the kid because of abuse and neglect, or was it signed over by a contract? And the best answer I ever got from any of those judges from 29 trials is the one judge lady who was in charge of the fucking courthouse said, you know what you did. I said, I know. I have no fucking clue. Yes, you do. You know what you did. Now, I, I got nothing else to say to you. If you need to say it in any of this court, you call talk to this court through your attorney. I said to the attorney, ask her, why the fuck is this kid in custody? How did this happen? She said, you heard what she said. You know what you did. I have no fucking clue what I did. It's insane. It's totally insane. So thank God I'm going through this again. So like, oh, Carl, so why did they take these new two kids? Well, the first kid they took because they thought I was going to have her tell the truth. So they're scared that she's going to tell the truth. (laughs) And they don't like me. The second girl they picked up three or four days later is because the first girl wanted to go home because it was getting near Thanksgiving and the first girl wanted to go home and she was getting lonely. So they said to the first girl, "Um, would you... Would you want to see if we bring your sister here? So she said yes. So the reason why the second girl is taken into custody is because the first girl was lonely. Now, what kind of legal or lawful reason is that to take some man's second daughter because the first girl is in custody and she's lonely and she wants to go home? And they put that on the record. Yeah. As a reason. Yeah. She's lonely. That's exactly what we were told. She said, well, we're taking the second girl into custody because, honestly, the first girl is lonely and she wants to go home. And the government's afraid that she's going to uh, just say, you know what, I just fucking lied just so she can go home. Because she just wants this all to end because she's alone and she's not with her family, her ponies, her boyfriend, her school. She's missing out on, like, some sort of a, a Christmas Day parade that she's supposed to be in. She's missing out on some concert because she plays, one girl plays the clarinet, one plays the flute in the band. 
and the girls are getting pissed because uh, they're missing out on all this holiday stuff they're supposed to be doing. And foster care. She's going to say, fuck it, I lied. I want to go home. Fuck this shit. I want to go home. Did you say okay. your daughter now is out of state? Did I hear you say that? No, no, no. She's no. She's out of her school where she went to school. You know, for is all she these back years. With your mom or staying there, or is the state saying where she has to stay until? Right, the state's saying where she's going to stay until the trial's over. Yeah. Well, what I'm saying is, what what a bullshit. Like, fine, if you want to take my car into into evidence because my car ran over a cop, and you want to keep it until the trial's over, fine. Just pay me for it. Don't think I'm going to sit here like a schmuck and just fucking get paid nothing and have to put my thumb in the air to get down the street because you took my car. Yeah. You think you think my car hit your car. Right. So if you're using my kid for state's evidence, the state witness, that's fine. Pay me. Mm-hmm. Maybe for the use and enjoyment of us, just like Miley Ray Cyrus and Billy Ray Cyrus. When Miley Ray worked for Disney and Pixar movies, of course Billy Ray Cyrus, their daddy, got paid. Yeah, big time. So, right, so what's the difference between me saying, hey, are you using and enjoying my kid? Are you using her for a state case? For government case? Yeah. Are you going to make money on this? Yeah. Well, where's my cut? What? Where's my cut? Oh, that's a horrible thing. Wouldn't you say it was horrible when Billy Ray Cyrus said it? When Miley Ray Cyrus? No, he said he was a real smart daddy. So, I'm a real smart daddy. Where's my money? Mm-hmm. Uh, what, have you talked to anyone about that? Uh, I know I know. You, you said you told some people that, but what is the consensus coming back to you? Oh, they just said, it's funny, the director lady called me up, the head director lady called me up, she said, I wouldn't waste my time sending any more uh, bills. You're not going to get any money on that. I said, lady, that's what you believe, and everybody has the right to believe what they're going to believe. I said, now, if I send you a bill, and you don't believe it's a true bill, or it's a legitimate bill, well, then when I issue a warrant for you to appear in court for a debt that you didn't feel like paying, you could come to court, and you could dispute the bill, and you could say, this guy's crazy if he thinks I want to pay this bill. So now you're going to have your day in court. I'm going to give you a bill. I said, I'm going to give you, you a bill, and you can tell your boss why I'm giving you a bill. And he's going to say, well, blow this off. Ignore it. Throw it in the dumpster. You know what? This guy's crazy. He's never going to get a dime. Well, in 21 days, I said, I'm going to issue a warrant and debt on you. Mm-hmm. And on the 22nd day, you're going to appear in court, or you're going to get a default judgment on you. And then I'm going to garnish your paycheck. And then I'm going to go for the lien process. And I'm going to lien up the property. Mm-hmm. And when the lien process goes through, then I'm going to levy your property. Uh, from I'm, going to, I'm, I'm going to do it through their, their commercial courts. Yeah, their, their system. From their point of view, when, you, when they supposedly released your daughter back to you uh, statutorily, you know, from their point of view, uh, eight years ago or whatever you said, um, what did... Did they release them to you or to your mom? Like, what rights do they think? Well, they never, they never, they, they, it's funny. I, in their legal crazy world, yeah. I voluntarily placed my child with, like, say, um, a boarding school. Mm-hmm. And I took my children out of boarding school and gave them to my mom. Okay? So that's mm-hmm. how. That's how sweet and gentle they're trying to make it sound, like what happened in all those years in Alabama. 
They're trying yeah. to make it seem so sweet and gentle that I took my kids and I placed them with this beautiful government called Alabama, this beautiful boarding school, this beautiful foster care system called Alabama. They were great. They were gracious enough and nice enough to take my newborn baby because we needed help because we couldn't take care of him on our own at the time. It's like the Catholic Church did for thousands of years. If you were unwed mother, you would leave your baby at the church door. You would take like a playing card or any kind of card you had or any kind of piece of paper you had, you'd cut it in half or you'd cut it on a crazy angle and you'd stick it in the baby's diaper. And then when the, the nuns woke up in the morning, they'd take the baby in or they'd take the baby through the slot and you'd drop the baby off in the slot they take the fucking card that you cut in half or in an angle like a queen of hearts or a jack of spades, and they'd fucking put the, the card in a filing cabinet. When you got back on your feet in a year, 10 years, 20 years, whatever, you'd come back with that, that jack of spades, the half of the jack of spades. They'd go to the filing cabinet, they'd pull out the card, and they'd say, ah, that's baby number 37. That was dropped off fucking six years ago. Here's the baby boy now, and they'd give you back your baby. That's how the Catholic Church set up like a foster care program for thousands of years. So the government's basically doing the same thing. They're basically saying you're voluntarily dropping the baby off when he was born because you can't take care of him. They tried to say the reason why we dropped him off is because we said that he was uh, deaf, dumb, and blind. He was a freak in nature, and we didn't want to fucking have a deaf, dumb, and blind fucking Downs kid in our life. They tried to make us like monsters. And then they said the only reason why these parents want the kid back now is because we hit them up with child support payments, and they don't want to pay child support payments, so they want to take the kid. And we're afraid of calling his wife, take the fucking kid. They're going to kill the fucking kid and say, oops, the baby fell down the stairs. Oops, the baby broke his fucking neck, and we're going to have a dead Downs baby boy in our fucking hands because mm -hmm. Carl and Mary don't want to fucking pay child support payments. That's the evil shit that our fucking lawyers told us at the end what the judges were being told. That's why every time we walked into a courtroom, the judges looked at us like we were evil fucking monsters. Mm -hmm. Like, they would do everything in their power to make sure that Downs baby boy stayed in the protective custody of Alabama. Because they said, oh, Carl and Mary said, oh, they were horrible. Evil fucking moms and dads. When this baby was born, oh, they had a horrible reaction. And they were saying the baby's a monster and he's a freak of nature and, and he's a, he should be put on a leash like a fucking animal. But now when they fucking found out they had child support payments, they said, oh, give us back the baby. So we don't have to pay child support payments. And that's why the judges, every time I say, why can't we walk in this fucking courtroom? And it looks like the judge wants to kill us. And then my fucking friend who's an attorney said, well, honestly, this is what they were telling the judges before the judges would hear you. That you were basically going to kill a kid as soon as you got him into your custody so you could fucking get rid of child support payments <laughs> and don't have to deal with an ugly baby. What that's is the benefit of them doing that? What Are they getting federal grant yeah. money for that? Yes, yeah. they were getting a massive amount of money for him. They were getting like a million dollars a year because he was considered the fucking worst off kind of Downs person. They were saying he was deaf, dumb, blind, and crippled. He's not deaf, dumb, blind, crippled, but that's what they were telling the federal government. And that's why they weren't letting us see him for three years because they were making him a Category 5 baby instead of a Category 1. Mm -hmm. And they were feeding him Cheetos and fucking uh, Diet Pepsi for three years. He weighed 19 pounds at six months. He weighed 19 pounds at a year old. He weighed 19 pounds at two years. He weighed 19 pounds at three years old. And that's mm -hmm. the story that I tell people when I had my mom and my sister sitting on the opposite sides of me, next to me, at a mm -hmm. hearing. And I told my wife, sit at the end of the table. And she said, why? You don't want the people to see that you're sitting with your wife? I said, oh, no, 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 no. When my mom and my sister hear what they've been doing to this fucking kid for three years, they're going to explode. Mm 
And they were like, what? I said, they're going to explode. My mom's like, oh, don't be ridiculous. My mom worked for the federal government. She was wearing a dress. My mom, my sister's a special ed teacher. She was wearing a dress. She's like, no. When they fucking told them how they were treated, I said, oh, you know how they're treating your fucking uh, Downs baby nephew? You know how they're treating the Downs baby grandbaby? Well, there's a beautiful brick house on the end of a fucking cul-de-sac. That's the foster care family where they live. The babies, six of them, live in a single wide mobile home trailer on the driveway. Okay, and there's like a little 12, 13-year-old girl that feeds them Cheetos and uh, like Pepsi or Dr. Pepper all day. And a fucking social worker said, hey, 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 how do you know that? I said, because I went there and I looked. Hey, 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 you got a restraining order. I said, yeah, so sue me. I said, yeah, tell them what's going on in that fucking mobile home. Tell them how many fucking Downs kids are in that fucking mobile home. Tell them. It's like, yeah, there's like six. That's right. And there's like, what, a 12, 13-year-old girl that watches six down babies? Yeah, that's right. And what does she feed them? And they're like, well, you know, he's retarded, and that's all he wants to eat. No, you tell my fucking mom, my sister, they don't fucking believe me. You got the foster care family here? Like, you tell them. Tell them what the fuck you feed them. Well, yeah, he's been eating Cheetos and uh, Diet Pepsi. Yeah, for three years, you've been feeding this fucking kid this. Three years. And, and my mom's like, well, you know, this sounds ridiculous. Why don't you feed him, like, milk and food? She said, well, you know, the, the social worker said, you know, well, uh, you know, Pat, you know, she's retarded. You know, he's dumb. And my sister said, what does his dietician say? And uh, the social worker said, I don't know nothing about no dietician. We're down here in Alabama. We don't do like you New Yorkers. We don't have dieticians. And my sister said, well, it's federally mandated that every Dallas child has to have a dietician to monitor his growth. And she's like, well, don't tell me my job, honey. You know, you go back up north where you came from. We're doing just fine down here. And then my mom's like, look, just give me back the fucking baby. He'll thrive. I've had seven kids. They've all gotten big. They've all gotten healthy. I'm sure I can put weight on his bones. And then a social worker just got fucking furious. And my mom and sister said, look, I'm done. I'm done talking to you people. You know, I'm done. The reason why he's not growing is because he is stupid, dumb, retarded, you know, stupid, dumb. And, man, she was, like, barking in my mom and sister's face. My mom and sister jumped across that table. And, man, I grabbed my mom by her thumb and my sister by her thumb because I used to be a bouncer, and you grab people by their thumbs. I had my mom's thumb on her forearm. I had my sister's thumb on her forearm, bending it back so far. These women wanted to kill this woman at a hearing. And I said to those women, I'm losing my grip. You've got to run. I can't hold them. You better get the fuck out of here. <laughs> and then the fucking, the fucking hearing obviously was over. And my sister and my mom was like, yeah, go ahead, fuck with my nephew. Go ahead, fuck with my grandson. I'll kill you. I'll fucking kill you. Oh, they were furious. And I said to my wife, now you understand why I told you to sit at the end of the table? Yeah, mm-hmm. because women, I'm a man, and I didn't jump across the table. And I'm a man, and I witnessed what they were doing to him and the other Downs kids in that fucking motel, uh, mobile home. And I didn't fucking go ballistic. But I knew if my mom heard this and my sister heard this, they could only take it up to here so much. And they were going to explode. Mm-hmm. And they exploded. You know, and I was like, holy shit. So, like I said, so, and that's why I kept going. Because when I got my kid back after that, you know, the Department of Justice man, Sandy Callahan Jr., and he is a, uh, an attorney now in Georgia, so if people don't believe who the fuck I am, go look up Sandy Callahan Jr. He used to be the uh, lead criminal investigator, uh, prosecutor at the Northern Division in Birmingham in Alabama. Now he runs a private practice in Georgia. He'll tell you, call, great. So you got your kid back, great, wonderful. And you sue in Alabama, but you didn't charge him, you didn't ask him for any money. 
they're just going to let you win your case call. He's like, yeah. And I said, I just want, I got my kid back. I'm fine. You know, he's like, call. Alabama's going to keep doing this. He's like, you've got to steal for a lot of money. I said, what do you mean a lot of money? He says, make it a whopper. He actually said, make it a whopper of a number. I said, well, what's a whopper? He says, I don't know, but you'll figure it out one day. When you figure out what the whopper of a number is, you'll know. He said, I said, well, why do I want to do that? He says, what about all those other dad's babies that are in that mobile home? What about them? You can't save them, can you, Call. I said, well, no. I said, well, how are you going to feel? You're leaving all those down babies behind. He says, you know, you've got to do something about it, Call. He says, there's nothing we can do about it. Call, you've got to do something about it. I said, oh, fucking, that's just great. Make me fucking have to save the fucking world. Mm-hmm. He says, hey, buddy, you know, you're going to have to fucking figure this out. When you know how to be a man, that's the guy who told me. When you know how to be a fucking man, you'll know exactly what to do. He said, there's mm-hmm. nothing the federal government can do to help you. He said, there's nothing the state government can help you. There's no lawyer on planet Earth that can help you call. When you know how to be a fucking man, you'll know what to do. Until then, call. There's nothing we can do to help you. But call, you've got to go get those kids. I was like, oh, yeah. fuck you, buddy. And it's like, no, you've got to fucking do it. You've got to be a man. You've got to step up and be a man. I think I, I speak for thousands of people uh, when when I say thank, thank you for sharing that that one sentence with us. When you learn how to fucking be a man. Then well, like you can, I said, you got to thank you Sandy Callahan Jr. too. You could Google him. You'll actually find him in Georgia and say thank you, Sandy Callahan Jr., for a fucking humiliating call in front of his family and telling him to do the right motherfucking thing. Be a fucking man. Step up. And fucking go, you know, go get those fucking kids and go get an Alabama's ass. Yeah. Because he uh, said there's something we can do. I'm going to have make one more statement and then mute out so other people can get on. But um, recently, people, you know, Carl, you get a lot of backlash just because people pick apart everything you say and twist it and, and they don't understand context. And, uh, and so I feel, I feel bad about that. Um, and so just talking to you tonight on the phone, man-to-man, um, you've really uh, solidified the the belief that I have in what you say. And I get lost in your stories because they're great and they're relevant, and I really appreciate it. And uh, I think thousands of other people do too. And good luck with everything with Frank. And uh, I'm going to keep following and keep learning. I appreciate it. Yeah, like I said to people, thanks, man. Like I said to people, God works in weird ways. I just wanted, I thought I was going to disappear from all this. I really did. I said, holy shit, I got a little bit of money. You know, I get two, three people a week, toss me a good chunk of change to help them with their stupid IRS problems or credit cards or some stupid problem like that, some nickel and dime nonsense. You know, nothing major. You know, like, you know, I thought I was going to just drift off to the sunset and play with my kids and build cars and take care of this farm and, you know, just, clear the pasture lands again, get some crops going here. I really thought I was going to play little farmer again. And then, boom. <laughs> yeah. God has a weird way of playing me, man. It's like, no, we're not done with you, buddy. We're not done. You're not out of the game yet. No, you're back for another round. No, I'm, no, God, just give me a year or two to relax. No, buddy. You're going, moving on. <laughs> we need you to do shit. You know, God's yeah. not done laughing his ass off. If the people out there who want to talk shit about you or what you say, if they could actually sit and talk to you man-to-man, uh, they, they would change their their belief, I'm sure. So I'm going to mute out, Gus, whoever's got the board. Go ahead and move on. Uh, I really do appreciate it, Carl. Thanks a lot. All right. Thanks, man. You bet. Wow. That was a 
Hey, um, yeah, you guys kind of left left something hanging there. I was wondering, is it muting? Is it? Is that me? Yeah, you just echoing. Yeah. Nah. Just an echo chamber. You might be on speakerphone. Uh, give me a minute. God damn it. <laughs> well, I think that's somebody else unmuted. Yeah, I see. I hear doors opening. Is it better? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But we don't say God D on this show. <laughs> oh, sorry. We're not. Right, well, we, we're going to get struck down, man. <laughs> I keep them on my side as close as I can. Trust me. <laughs> yeah, well, hey, uh, you kind of left uh, something hanging. I thought you mentioned that you filed something. Uh, protective oh. services or something. Oh man, is that me? Yeah, it's you, man. You're in the tube. Oh. I don't. I heard something about filed something. Yeah, I thought, yeah. You said you said you filed a claim against the uh, Shell Protective people. No, no. Frank filed a claim against no against the cop, and Frank filed a claim against the newspaper. Uh, what court no, is no, that in? No, nobody's. No, Shell Protective. Why would I? Child protective is a fucking thing. I'd go after a man or a woman. Uh, oh, well, what court was that filed in? That was filed in circuit court. That's easy to find. That's part of public record. Just look up Frank Russo versus Michael Rohn, and then the other one would be uh, Frank Russo versus um, Brad Zinn. Now, would that be Waynesboro or Augusta? No, 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 Augusta County. I think it's like the 24th circuit court. Uh, so Waynesboro, which one is that? Dude. It's Augusta okay, County. Okay, I'll look it up. 24. Yeah, it's Augusta County. There's only one Augusta County. Okay, I'll look it up. Uh, I think that's it. I think that's it. Yeah, I know, because you're the, the, the Dozier guy who's always criticizing everything I do. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I know. I mean, I can just tell by the way you write the comments on a, on a chat board. And it's real simple. All the lawsuit basically said was, that I, a man, Frank Russo, claimed the wrong of trespass. See Exhibit A. Uh, Michael Rohn uh, trespassed upon his fellow man. Uh, Michael Rohn will owe me one, owes, you know, like what's due is $1 a second until the trespass is removed. I will forgive the man of his trespass if the removal, if the trespass, uh, like, ceases immediately. If it does not cease immediately, I'm going to acquire a compensation for the trespass. That was it. But we gave Mike a way out. We said, if you uh, uh, will forgive you of the trespass, if the trespass stops immediately. So, like I said, when you read it, you'll laugh. You'll say, holy shit, yep, that's just a normal, basic, you know, call lawsuit. You know, you did a wrong trespass, the Exhibit A. And the Exhibit A is just uh, the video of him uh, saying he has the photos and he has the proof. And then him saying three days later he doesn't have the video, he doesn't have the proof. And that's the trespass right there, you know, that he brought a false telling. He put, he told something to the world that wasn't true, and now it's causing harm to a man's name, his public and private reputation. It's causing harm to his uh, good word, and uh, it's causing injury to his uh, his property. 
And, Can you uh, clarify why you think they don't have the pictures? Because he said he doesn't. I didn't hear that on the video. I mean, if, that's, if he's... That's the, that's the video of him on the driveway saying he does have the photos. And then he later said it that he doesn't have it? Then he later on, he said, it's irrelevant that I don't have them. I do have them. He says, what does it matter? He says, so I don't have them. What does that matter? Frank still corroborated everything she said. I said, dude, I can't remember what I can't corroborate what I had for breakfast 15 minutes ago. Don't tell me he corroborated with stuff that she said back in 2009. That's ridiculous. And you know it and I know it. That no two people can witness the same car accident and even define the colors of the cars are not even going to be the same colors. One person's going to say it's a blue car. One's going to say it's a red car. So don't tell me that six years ago, you're telling me some little girl when she was seven years old said something, and Frank totally agrees with that's what happened. I said, that's baloney. I said, you know it, and I know it. will never hold him in court. I said, you know, and I know, man, that's ridiculous. Corroboration with a seven-year-old, a 60-year-old man to corroborate a story, that that's exactly what happened. And you said you got photos, and you said you, you charged him. You charged him with production of child pornography. You charged him. Mike, do you have child pornography? Well, no. How are you going to erase that from the news. How are you going to take that out of the newspaper? And all the newspaper people say, well, we'll uh, just say, we'll put a retraction and we'll just say uh, he uh, uh, the charge of child pornography against him was dismissed. Yeah, you'll put that on page 37 at the bottom of some place. I said, no, and that's why I'm going after the newspaper reporter. We're not going after the newspaper. We're not going after the editor. We're going after the man who did a telling. And I'm trying to remember exactly what I put in there for the telling. The telling was something extremely simple. Let me see what it was. I, I emailed it to myself the other day from my brother's uh, laptop. And uh, here it is. I hope I could read it. And, uh, here it is. I, man, Frank Russo, claim, man, Brad Zid, put, put forth into the public a telling that is not true. Brad's actions or inactions have been the causal source of harm, injury, and loss. Brad's telling caused and continues to cause harm, injury, and loss. Two, one, my good name. Two, my good word. Three, my character. Four, my private and public reputation. There you go. That's what we went after the newspaper, and that's it. And the newspaper man actually had the stupidity to actually talk to me before I put this in, and he actually had the stupidity to give me a freaking attitude and he says, I got a First Amendment right, the freedom of the press. I said, buddy, you have a First Amendment right. The United States government, if they don't like what you're saying, cannot shut you down. I said, I, a man, claim that what you're saying is false and what you're telling is not true in the public. I could shut you down. And no First Amendment is going to keep you open. That's to protect you from the United States government. It's not to protect you from your fellow man. You can't just go and say something that's not true on a newspaper or on a YouTube channel, or anywhere on the Internet. You can't. You can't do it anywhere. You can't. If you're going to say something about a man, it better be true, or that man's going to hold you liable. And there's nothing on planet Earth that gives you the right to say something that's not true. And what's funny is this poor bastard of a newspaper guy doesn't have any clue, because when I said he did a telling that was not true, if this dumb bastard is going to try to wiggle his way out of that one, He's screwed because only God knows what's true. He's screwed. I gave him, I put him in a box that he can't get out of. 
He doesn't know a damn thing is true. He doesn't have first witness testimony. He wasn't there. So good luck with that, pal. Trying to figure out, but you said he's charged with child pornography. First of all, he's not charged with anything. Yeah, he's held on a warrant, which means he's held on another man's good word. He's not charged with anything. But if you read the bottom of the newspaper, it says he's charged with production of child pornography. So, uh, newspaper man, uh, Brad, you better figure out, man, where are you going to find child pornography because you better bring it forth into court. And you got about 19 days left because we filed this two days ago. So you've got 19 days to go find child pornography somewhere, Frank and my child in it. Well, good luck. See how simple? Law is a lot of fun when you know the rules. Don't go after the newspaper company. Don't go after them as a newspaper man. Don't go after his editor. Go after the man that did the telling that was not true, and you'll win in a, in a half a heartbeat. How's he going to prove any of his stories true? Because he actually said the balls to send me an email and said, well, I went down to the courthouse and I got, and I have, uh, got access to the, to the case. I said, oh, really? I said, it's family court. The mom can't get access to the case file. I can't get access to the case file. Grandma can't get access to the case file. It's not a matter of public record. How did you get a copy of the case file? Man? Wait, why do you think it's in family court? Because it is in family court. It says in juvenile domestic... Gus, I sent Gus a picture of it. If Gus wants to be decent enough to put it up on his YouTube channel... Right, well, look, I got, I got the website up, up here I'll, on the I'll, case. Right hey, I'll, I'll, I'll put it into the Skype group so everybody can see it. There you go. And you yeah. see a checkbox. There's four checkboxes that it could be. It could be criminal. It could be traffic. It could be civil. It could be domestic. It's a domestic. It's checkbox. That's how I know it's a domestic court, not criminal court. He's not criminally charged with anything. So everybody who keeps watching nonsense on the Internet, on YouTube, on newspapers saying he's criminally charged, it's pretty simple. This is not true. So before somebody tells something in a public, until they know it's true, the best thing to do, like that other man told me, well, call, what should they do when they find out something that happened in the private and now it's brought to the public? Well, what happened when I was a kid growing up, and me and my mom were laughing about it to my younger brother, said, hey, mom, when dad uh, would uh, uh, throw you across the room because dinner was cold or uh, dinner was on the, not on the table at 5 o'clock, you went to the cops one time, didn't you? Didn't you? Back in like 1975, didn't you? What did the cops tell you? She said, first of all, they said, it's none of our fucking business, but if I was you, honey, it's almost 5 o'clock, and I'd get my ass home and make sure fucking dinner's on the table before you throw you through a floor again. I said, yeah, pretty funny what the cops did back then. That's right, because it's nobody's fucking business what's going on in that man's castle. It's called the castle doctrine. It's called the domestic story doctrine. You can't get involved in somebody else's principality, in somebody else's domicile, in somebody else's kingdom, in somebody else's jurisdiction. You can't. The cops aren't crazy enough to be stupid enough because back then they knew they'd be held liable for trespassing across that threshold because the king of England lost his head because he crossed into a man's threshold and he got the man's papers and the man's effects saying that the king was a puny little clown. So they killed that guy. The king killed him. The guy for saying the kings of Charles is a puny little clown. So what did they do? They rounded up the king and they killed the king. You can't cross into a man's house. You can't go into his papers. You can't go into his laptop. You can't go into his computer. And you can't get his paper and his facts. 
That's like the number one fucking law that was created in England back in the 1600s to protect the people from the king and the crown. You can't take, you cross that threshold, and you can't go after some man's personal papers or his effects and use it against him in law. You can't use him in any court against the man. His own personal papers and effects, you can't use his children to testify against him. You can't use his wife to testify against him. You can't use his servants to testify against him. What's going on in that man's fucking house is under his total control and his authority. And a king lost his head because he crushed that threshold. You can't do it. And they're doing it every day. Oh, look what's on this guy's computer. Oh, let's see what he's writing about Barack Obama. Oh, maybe he's a terrorist threat. Oh, maybe we should hold him indefinitely in Guantanamo Bay. You can't do that. And they're getting away with it. And who's going to stand up and say, you got to stop? You can't come into the threshold. People have the right to be secure in their papers and effects. It's an ancient law. You can't come in and take our shit. You can't rummage through our stuff and try to figure out what we're writing, why we're saying what we're saying, why we're trying to express ourselves to our fellow man. We're doing it in a private. We're not doing it in a public. You can't open up our mail and start reading it. You can't do it. You can't look at our, what we're looking on YouTube. You can't Google and see what we're looking on Google. You can't do it. They say, well, it's for national security. That's exactly what King Charles said back in England. He's I'm doing it for national security. Dude, you can't do it. A king lost his head over this. You can't do it. A country went into civil war over this. The king had to bring a foreign nation in. The king Charles had to bring France into England. What are the United States going to have to do? Bring the Chinese army into here? What's going to happen? It's going to get ugly. You can't do it to people. And they're doing it. And history is just going to repeat itself. And they don't care. They love when history repeats itself. Because war creates damages, creates bonds. People are going to have to make state bonds, city bonds, municipal bonds. They're going to have to be put back in effect. Why? Because all the city is going to be burnt down to the ground. What do you think the mayor of Baltimore said? The black mayor of Baltimore said, when Baltimore was burning down the ground, she said, oh, those black people are burning down their section of the city. Good. We need to build that up anyway. We could issue more municipal and state bonds to build up that section of Baltimore anyway. We're getting rid of all that riffraff anyway. Let them burn down their side of the city. And she was black, and she got caught saying that. They understand what war makes. War makes money. War cleans up poverty neighborhoods and brings new neighborhoods in. It's insane. But that's how these people make money, and they don't care. Who gets hurt? It's, it's a joke. It's a joke. Peacetime makes no money. Wartime makes billionaires. Hey, you mind if I read something off the court website for you? Read something what? <clears throat> read something off the court website for you. Which court? The uh, Juvenile and Domestic Relations Court. From where? From the Augusta County. All right. Okay. Adults charged with committing felonies against children or family or house members are brought into juvenile and domestic relations district court after arrest for a preliminary hearing. This hearing is held to determine if there is probable cause. If probable cause is found, the case is transferred to circuit court. Okay, when is that that hearing going to happen? Wait a second, when is that hearing going to happen? It probably happened already. No, maybe in February 3rd. It might happen February 3rd. It might. Just listen. This guy's going to sit there for three months. Three months. And might 
be transferred over to circuit court. Mike, in three months, how would you like to sit in some jail with 25 charges of child pornography on you or child molesting? And uh, you might have a hearing that might be transferred over to circuit court. She is making it seem like she'll have a hearing, and you think the hearing is going to be in three days, four days. No, it's February 3rd. Okay, so keep reading. So there you go. I'm just letting people know it's going to take three months to have this magical hearing, and it might happen in February if they don't want to have a delay and maybe make it another six months, another six years. It took me six years, six years to find out why my kid was being held by the state of Alabama. Six years. I was supposed to be notified in 72 hours. It took me six years. So go ahead. So he's going to have this. Okay, wait, go back. Go back a minute. Wait, you're saying the February is a probable cause hearing? He's going to have a hearing on February 3rd, yeah. And it's going to be the probable cause in the juvenile court? He's going to have a hearing on February 3rd to see if this what you were just explaining, to whether it's going to be transferred over to circuit court. So it's not a circuit court yet? No. Are you sure about that? Let's just put it up on a Skype thing. You're 100% sure about that? Yeah, Gus, tell the guy, what did I say the other day? Yeah, I've got it. I'm trying to find it on my phone. I, I, uh, I got a new phone, and I don't know how the memory works. As soon as I pull it off, I'll throw it up okay. on Skype. What I'm saying is, what were the four checkboxes options? Hold on, let me pull up your, uh, your text message. What's that? I'll pull up your text message. Hold on. I got, I got a scroll back since last week. Well, while he's looking that up, hey, how, how about you do us a favor for next week? Why don't you go down to the prison and ask Frank if he did it? Dude, he, okay, one more fucking time. Frank came to me. No, that was five weeks ago. I want to know what he's saying now. Right, okay. Really? So it would make you happy if I went there and I said to Frank, Frank, did you do it? He says, absolutely fucking not. What if he told you he did it? Okay. Let me say this. Let me say he did. Okay? Let me say he did roughhouse okay? Because there was no sex involved, okay? You're just saying, uh, well, How he, do you know there was no sex involved? Because the police told me. She told the police no sex was involved. They examined her to see if she was uh, still a virgin. She's still a virgin. There was no sex involved. I said, so what is the most amazing thing that you're saying that should happen between Mike daughter and grandpa while well, he roughed house and threw on a bed and like wrestled with a real rough oh so wrestling he wrestled with my granddaughter oh he wrestled with his granddaughter so i guess that was inappropriate wrestling okay so you're going to stick a guy in jail for the rest of his life for wrestling with his granddaughter so let's say that's what he did that is the ultimate thing you've got on him is wrestling rough with his granddaughter are you kidding me I said, I hope you got something amazing, like, because she's built like olive oil, so obviously there's no fondling of the tits. Obviously there's no sexual penetration, so she's still a virgin. Are you, what are you talking about? He roughhoused her? He wrestled with her? Is that what you're saying? Well, yes. Is she saying that, you know, he wrestled, her? wrestled with her? Okay. Wrestled with her. Really? So, you mean, if I was the dad and I wrestled with my daughter, I'd be sitting the rest of my life in jail, too, because I wrestled with her? I said, I hope you got something, Mike. I hope there's some salacious shit on something somewhere. I hope you're saying she was running around nude and he stripped her of all her clothes. I hope there's something like that. No, there's nothing like that. Okay, great. No sex, no sex. 
Brent Paul didn't pull out his weenie and shove it in a mouth. No. So what are we talking about here tonight? I said, are you shitting me? Even if you did wrestle with us, I just say, you know what? Give him up his trespass. Let him go. Why you wrestle with us? I was just like, Grandpa, you know what? Do us a favor. Don't wrestle with us no more, okay? Just give us a break here, okay? We don't need this shit in our lives, okay? If they don't like you fucking wrestling with us, don't wrestle with us, okay? Nobody said he exposed himself. Nobody said he pulled out his weenie. Nobody said they took a shower together. Nobody said they went swimming naked in a pool together. Nobody said Grandpa's a nudist. Crazy. This is fucking crazy. I'm trying to remember how I sent it to Gus, too. Uh, I, I can't get it off my phone now. I'll, I'll get it done in the next hour, but uh, the warrant for arrest is for a felony, and it's uh, 18.2-374.1 is the uh, code violation, and it's uh, the box that's checked off is not the general district court. It is not the criminal court. It is not the traffic court. It is the box that says juvenile and domestic relations court. Yes, I got it right here on mine, too. How do you know it hasn't been transferred to circuit court? That's what I'm asking. You haven't talked to the guy in three weeks. Because I talked to the newspaper man, and the newspaper man explained it just like you did. He's going to have his day in court in February. And if they find probable cause in February, they're going to move it over to the grand jury. And then the grand jury is going to fucking indict him. So when you're reading these rules, did you see something about a grand jury in there? No, you didn't. No, the newspaper man told me what's going to happen next. The grand, he said he's going to have this hearing in February. And then family relations is going to determine whether or not they're going to proceed on it. They can hold it over this month of the year. They don't have to transfer it over to the grand jury in any time. He's going to be held in judgment. He's got no bail to hold on. So you tell me, in this country, you know whatever, you, you, you know the Eighth Amendment, you know state constitutions. Bail has got to be permitted to any man except for a capital offense. Why is Frank in there without bail, without bond, and it's not a capital offense? They're in violation of the United States Constitution and state constitutions. Why is he held in there without bail or bond? And it's not a capital offense. Why? It's based on hearsay. So he's being held indefinitely with no bail and no bond. He's clean. And like I said, I told the newspaper man, he said, first, it's going to go over worry, and they're going to determine what the probable cause. So when they get a probable cause, then they're going to go to the grand jury for an indictment. The jury finds there's enough to indict him, then it's going to go over the circuit court. How many years is that going to take? And no bail, no bond. For wrestling with his granddaughter. That's what he did. Because that's the most that they say he did, he wrestled with her. That's insane. So, gee, Carl, why don't you hug your kids? Why don't you wrestle with your kids? Why don't you play in a pile of leaves with your kids? You know, why don't you throw them around a little bit? You know, throw them in a swimming pool. You know, pick them up. Throw them in a swimming pool around. You know, wrestle with your kids a little bit. Are you out of your fucking mind? So I go to jail for my life. So people like this guy, Jeffrey, could call me a fucking uh, a pedophile. You know, right. I ain't crazy. 
I'm staying a million miles away from my fucking kid until I give this county, this state, and this government fair warning. I'm going to do whatever the hell I want, anytime I want, under my domestic control and authority. And if anybody reaches that fucking threshold, I'm going to own them. I'm going to own the county. I'm going to own the state. I'm going to own whoever's crazy enough to breach my threshold. Just the way it's been done for the last 600 years, man. It's going to be the same damn way we're going to proceed. I don't forget the old ways, and I'm trying to teach people, look, you've got to put them at your door. You can't let them cross the threshold. And if I did it with a Section 8 loud housing lady, that English, uh, that English Guiana lady, a black English Guiana lady, if I could keep them, the police, out of a Section 8 apartment, when you know that a 15, 16-year-old girl gave birth, and obviously was underage, and obviously the guy was probably well above 18, and I was able to keep them across the threshold and not let them enter into a Section 8 housing apartment, a miracle. Should have they come in? Yeah, sure. But I still have to say, no, you can't cross the threshold. Why? Because it's still the, the domain of man. You can't cross that threshold. But the problem is, and she gave, she gave birth by a midwife in that apartment because they were not going to fucking bring the pregnant teenager into the fucking uh, public uh, hospital because they knew grandma would probably get arrested for having a 15, 16, 17-year-old girl given birth. Because they had a midwife give birth in that in that apartment. So yes, would you say, Oh my god, call saying it's okay for midwives to give birth to fifteen, sixteen year old girls in section eight housing apartment? Hey look, I don't I don't know how to explain to you. This is just a law. If you don't the line, you can't cross this line, government. If you can't cross this threshold if you start allowing them to come in for this, they're going to keep coming for more and more and more and more and more. Hey, Carl? Yeah. Yeah, that last guess, I've listened to many of those uh, YouTube videos. That was Dozek, I swear. I could have sworn a stack of Bibles that was Dozek. Oh, well, if you just told when I was on the chat board that it was his style of writing. To Jeffrey, yeah. Yeah, that was well, Dozek. Uh, uh, it's when you read Charles' stuff. When you hear Charles saying certain things to me, he, 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 he can just tell. He's got a rhythm. He's got a, he's got a style. I mean, I don't mind know what Charles does, and I don't care what this Jeffrey guy does because it just solidifies my standing. just makes me strong. <clears throat> because people just hug me and tell me I'm fucking wonderful all the time doesn't prove my point. So when this guy comes on and says, look, this is the procedure. They're going to take it over. If they find it probable cause, they're going to have a hearing. Yeah, in February. But if they say, well, you know what, um, the prosecutor isn't ready, we're going to hold this over for another six months, Frank's going to sit there until July. That's what they kept doing to me. The very last time I was in court in Alabama, and if anybody knows fucking law, the very last thing I put into that Alabama court was a motion to show cause. And the motion to show cause is saying, I need to see the case. That's what it's saying. Like what, you haven't seen the case? No. I put a motion to show cause. Cause and case is the same thing. Show me the case against me. Show me. Six years, from 2001 to 2007, I said, show me the case. And they said, wait a second, you have 17 attorneys combined? Yes. And nobody knows why you're here? No. They said, look at Tom Conboy, my attorney. I said, hey, Tom, how long have you been my attorney? Three years. 
I said, do you know why we're here, Tom? He says, I have no clue. He said, you still get paid, don't you? He said, oh, yeah, I do. I said, okay. And Gus, somebody's uh, echoing bad. I think it's Gus. Also, it's funny, if you look at Tom Convoy, it's funny, he was my attorney, and I guarantee the judge got him disbarred. Because when that judge said to him, are you going to help? He says to me, call, look, I know what they're doing to you. I'll help you file an appeal. You've got to let me rule against you today, Call. I said, but I haven't done anything wrong. He said, Call, trust me. You're in family court. This is a, a kangaroo court. Call, you don't want to win a family court. You ain't going to win a family court. Call, you've got to get it out of family court. He says, you've got to get it out of here. He says, but you need the copy of the contract, don't you? He says, okay, let me rule against you today, Call. Let me end it today. And when you get the ruling from the appellate court, do not bring it back here to family court. Open up your own damn court. He said, how do I do that? He says, Tom, will you show call how to do this? He says, absolutely not. I'm not going to show call. I'm not going against the state. I like my job. And the judge said, fine. The judge called me up to his bench. He said, he gave me his business card. It was William Owens, Jr. And I showed it to the U.S. Marshals, the business card. I said, the judge called me up. He said, he has a business card. Meet me on the hallway. Let me make a ruling against you, and I'll show you how to file an appeal, and I'll show you how to get your own court going. I said, well, I appreciate that. And it's so funny. That poor guy, Tom Conboy, he used to be a, uh, a neurological a neuro, neuro, neurosurgeon, and then he became a, an attorney. My mom said she uh, has him still as his Facebook friend. Now he's a waiter at Applebee's in Birmingham, Alabama, and he said he's not longer doing law because he doesn't feel any satisfaction doing the law. Yeah, I'm sure that guy got disbarred because when he said that in open court, he says, no way, I'm not going to help call file an appeal. I'm like, I like my job. I don't want to be disbarred. When he said that, every attorney who takes your case has got to take it to the Supreme Court. When he takes the first 10 cents, he's got to take it all the way to the bitter end. He can't accept the case until he, unless he knows he can take it from the beginning to the bitter end. He can't just take a payment on the easy part and leave the tough part to somebody else. When attorneys in this country take your case, they have to take it all the way to the bitter end. They can't bail on you. That includes public defenders. They can't bail on you. They've got to stick with you until the bitter end. So when Tom, I guarantee, they uh, played that, and the judge was probably pissed. He was like, I can't believe I'm doing this fucking guy's job. I cannot believe calls calling me up two, three times a week saying, oh, is it the blue folder that I filed for the appeals? Is that the appellate reply brief? Is that the red folder? And uh, how do I font that? And is it courier new? Is, is that what they, I guarantee he's like, I can't believe this guy's calling me again. I can't believe this. And I guarantee he jumped to that guy who was my attorney and said, I can't believe I am doing your damn job. But, if you know, like I said, it was Tom Conboy, uh, C-O-N-B-O-Y, Conboy, uh, is now working at Applebee's in Birmingham, Alabama. So if you guys ever see him, he's about 6'2", probably about 50, 55 years old, white hair. <laughs> you know, tell him call said hi. He's a waiter at Applebee's. So everybody who's ever gotten involved with any of my cases and done me wrong, they, they always find up doing, like, being disbarred, <laughs> losing their job, being caught in bed by uh, uh, their wife, messing with, uh, like, Troy King Jr. got busted by his wife, or fucking uh, the homecoming king of Troy University by his wife. You know, he got caught by being gay by his wife. Oh, it's hysterical. Every single person. That ever did me wrong, man, God has gotten them back. The three uh, governors of Alabama that were back then during that case, all three of them wound up in federal jail. 
Oh, it's it's been beautiful. Everybody's got this. It, it's been wonderful. <laughs> Calm as a bitch. <laughs> but Gus, if there's anybody else who wants to ask a question, man, let me ask a question man, before the show ends. It's going to be all right. I just unmuted a couple of people. The all, right. all right. Hey, take care, Jeff. Hello. Hey, hey, how you doing? All right. I just want to make an announcement, if you allow me. I just want everybody to don't forget to donate to those who help you. And, you know, it's, this is lovely. You know it is. If you had a lawyer, you would pay him. So just don't forget to donate. It could be number one. Thanks, Flora. All right. Yeah, South, Southeast Pennsylvania, you're up. Yeah, okay. Hey, thanks, guys. Um, I got a couple of things. I don't, I don't know how to file a claim in the common law. I got a guy who's um, he owes me like a hundred and eighteen dollars or um, hundred. I got a hundred eighteen hours of labor, and he doesn't want to pay me now. Should we file a warrant of debt? I'm okay. sure they got it up there in Commonwealth. Oh, yeah, Pennsylvania Commonwealth. I'm sure they got it up there. Did you just go to the district court lady? And you just say to her, can I have a bank or one debt? And she'll give it to you. You fill it out. The guy's got 21 days to answer. You get a default judgment or summary judgment on a guy, but you don't want to do that. I want to tell the court, I want to issue out a warrant for his arrest. Why he comes, he has to be there. And you read the charges out in front of a judge or a magistrate, and a judge will ask, right, so what's your story? What's your version of it? And then if he says, you know, whatever he's got to say, you know, like, well, I don't think I owe this guy any money. That's going to be his version. That's his version. And then the judge right. will say, whether the guy owes you money or not. And if he gives you, uh, if he says you owe the money, the judge is going to give you a judgment. That doesn't mean you collect the money. All it means is you got a judgment. So that means right. if you take that judgment and sell it for a penny on a dollar, a penny and a half on a dollar, which unless you're getting a billion or ten trillion dollars, it wouldn't make much sense. But then you say to the judge, I'm going to require a garnishment hearing, or I'm going to require a lien hearing. And then the judge will say, okay, we'll send a garnishment hearing or a lien hearing over this matter in two weeks or a month. And then the guy has the opportunity to come forth before he gets his either his paycheck garnished or his uh, property lien. So you better know where this guy lives. Oh, I know where he lives. He's right down the road from my house. Yeah, well, that's what I'm saying. What's funny too is you got to find out if it's if he is. Uh, did he did he have you as an employee, or did you as a contractor, or just a friend? Well, this was a friend, and he tried to get he well, tried to get me to sign a contract and be an employee. No, that's what I'm saying. It's even better if you're just a friend. It's the best yeah. way to do it. Yeah. Well, if you're an employee, you're kind of fucked. If you're a contractor, uh, it's kind of 50-50. But as a friend, oh, yeah, he's screwed. Well, yeah, because he, he did come to me, and he sought me out. Yeah, no, it doesn't purpose. matter. It doesn't matter. It's man on man. Yeah, exactly. Yes, thank God. Because, like I said, if an employee, then they're going to have all kinds of mediation. They're going to have arbitration. They're going to have some sort of contract loophole bullshit. You know, that's a real nightmare when you're an employee. But then if you're a contractor, that's not too bad because you could actually show the bills, the services, and everything else. But friend on friend, oh, yeah, that's the way to go. Right. I also, uh, now, 
another question. Um, I got about a, a bunch of witnesses there too. That would be something I should oh, do. Okay. Well, well, then yeah, if you do, yeah, if you do a warrant of death, then obviously you ask the lady that you're going to have to have a uh, you want to have a subpoena uh, form. They're going to have a subpoena for witnesses. Yeah. So then you're going to fill out a subpoena for all these people that said, oh, yeah, you better believe you put up your subpoena down, your witness list. And if anybody's got any kind of video or if anybody's got any kind of paperwork, then it's called subpoena ducus tecum. You want the paperwork as well. And the lady will ask you, do you want a subpoena or do you want to do a ducus tecum as well? And you'll say, what is that? And you'll say, well, do you want anybody to bring something tangible like something like a piece of paper or a video or a lawnmower or a car or a sofa into the court. You you want them to bring something that's relevant to this case. And they're like, oh yeah, that's right. He owes me a a weed whacker. You know, like okay, well tell him to bring the weed whacker. And then the judge will just hand the weed whacker over to you and say, hey, go buddy, here's the weed whacker. So it'd be like this. You know, Duke Tecum kind of thing like that. You want him to bring forth the the, the witness list. You know, who's who witnessed what happened, the the, the agreement, and the documents is like the Duke Tecum. It's like you got any kind of uh, receipts or bills that the other guy has, or any paperwork or contracts. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that's pretty. Simple. I got another. Okay. I got another simple one for you. I I got some traffic stuff going on. Um, now, I already sent a letter to the cop, and then I sent a letter to the... What board. kind of stuff? Uh, it's just, uh, well, here we got, um, uh, what is it, inspection, inspection sticker. I don't have an inspection sticker. Yeah. So, he gave me that. Uh, another thing is emissions, but I don't have, an, uh, I don't have their license. I have a common law ID. Right. So he he's gonna make a claim that I, you know, I gave him a license or whatever, which I don't. Now in the letter I explained that to him, and then so here here in Pennsylvania, they, these cops, you know, when you usually sign a ticket, they're the ones that put something in there. And I actually went to court with his buddy before, and that guy caught got caught lying on the stand. Now I didn't know anything about the common law. Yeah, there were and, a lot. Of What's that? They're allowed to lie. And? Oh, well, yeah, 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 exactly. And and that's just it. I didn't know any of that. But this is what kind of led me to you because, you know, when I left there, they're in there. I could hear them saying, oh, he almost had you, almost had you. So I did some more research, and then I found you. So, um, you know, like now I just sent a letter. And then well, like I said, the big thing is when I always say these to people, the easiest fucking letter to write them all the time is that you want to apologize and you want to say sorry for any man or any woman that you trespassed upon. You want to apologize to anything to any man or any woman. You want to beg forgiveness of any man or any woman that you have done wrong to. And then you want to say, yes, when a man or woman has done something wrong out in the public, to the public at large, he owes a debt to society. So can somebody please tend to me the bill and tell me exactly, you know, the damages that I owe so I could pay off the debt to society. I want to pay off the debt to society. Could please somebody tender me the bill? Show me what I owe. Okay. And then because if, if, they, if they don't, if you don't do anything, if no debt, debt is a German word for guilt. If there is no guilt, there is no debt. So they could say, are you guilty or not guilty? Is there a debt? 
well, I got a piece of paper from the county saying there is no debt. So there is no bill. See how easy? Uh, yeah. Now, now yes. will that flip that into common law then that way? Or? Of course. It's in common law. It's just saying it's their debt. Judge is going to ask you, even if it's in their traffic court, do you plead guilty or not guilty? It's like, well, I got a letter right here saying I'm not guilty. It's like, what? I got a letter right here. Well, from the county prosecutor right here. He says, I owe no debt. There is no guilt. He says, I don't owe anybody anything. So where's the guilt? If there's no debt. Guilt and debt's the same word. In German, it's the same word. Right. So if you don't know debt, you have no guilt. So what the hell are we here today for? To discuss what? That I have no debt? Well, good. I agree. So there is no guilt. So what are we here for again? Drives them fucking nuts. Because <laughs> that's the worst thing you can say to a German guy, man, is that he owes you a debt. German guy will scream up and down. I don't owe you a fucking debt. Because if you owe a man a debt, you're a slave. All right, let's pay that debt off, and I ain't going to be your fucking slave. And you better not go around town telling anybody I owe you anything, because I'm going to owe you a fucking thing. See, but in this country, in 1980, they started issuing out credit cards to normal people, which was obscene, because now everybody's in debt. And it's okay to be in debt. But... People who are German are in Germany. They're like, no, we have no credit card debt. No, we don't have debt. Like me, I've never even applied for a credit card. You could go, you could ask any friend, I give you my social security number, and you could say, my name is Carl Lance. Have I ever applied for a credit card? You could fake and say you're me. And they'll say, no, you've never even applied for a credit card in your whole entire life. That's right. That's what we were taught in German. You're not in debt. You don't have a credit card. You're not in debt to anybody. It's certainly not a bank. Being in debt to my brother or my mom is bad enough. I couldn't imagine being in debt to a stranger. I owe a debt to my mom. I owe a debt to my brother. I owe a debt to my child. And that's enough. That's enough burden on me. I'm, it's burdened enough by being called dad. It's burdened enough being called son. It's burdened enough being called an uncle. That's enough debt for me. I certainly don't want to be owing somebody else and stop kissing other people's asses. That's why I said it. Give me a donation, man. Don't, don't put me in debt. Don't say me I owe you something. If you want to donate, that's fine. But do you want to fucking pay me? Ah, oh, fuck no, man. I don't want to do that, man. Hell no. Right. So, well, so I guess I, I asked the cop because, you know, there isn't going to be a lawyer there. It's just going to be the cop. Yeah. Okay. Right. So I'm saying, but still, it's going to have a county prosecutor. You can write you can also, the county, the, the cop also has a legal department. So obviously, I'd find out where the legal department is for the police officer. Obviously, I wouldn't write to a police officer because that's going to make it look like you're stalking him or threatening him or communicating. You know, he's got a damn job to do. He doesn't want to answer your stupid letter. I guarantee he's got a legal department. So you call up the desk sergeant, you call up the shift commander, you say, hey, look. I know Bob, the cop, you know, badge number one, two, three, four. He gave me a ticket, and I actually want to send him some paperwork, but I know he's a busy cop, and he's a busy man. Uh, do you folks have a legal department down there? Who's the attorney who handles the stuff for the, for, the legal, for the police department? Like, say, Bob runs over my shoe, you know, with his police call. 
you know, uh, where's the legal department so I can send them some paperwork? Let's see what they say. All right. But down here, I know where I live, man, it's like actually an, an attorney who's actually in town who actually does the legal work for the, the police, the sheriff's department. It's like his name's like Bob Sanders. It's like, oh, Bob Sanders, yeah. You want to set you want to... Uh, the sheriff's department deputy ran over your ran over your hula hoop. Well, send it over to uh, Bob Sanders. Send it over to Mr. Sanders, and he'll uh, he'll do it for you. He'll take care of it. So just find out. Okay. Uh, don't send, don't send shit to cops. <coughs> they, they they ain't got time for that bullshit. They ain't got time to read it. Well, yeah. <laughs> I got one other thing here. Um, now this is dealing with the the, uh, the farmers around here. They're messing with the farmers, and uh, what's that? Are they tipping over the farmers' cows? One more time. There's a joke. I said you said they're messing around with farmers over there. I said what are they doing? Tipping over the farmers' cows? Oh no 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 no. Okay no no no. Um, they uh. No, I was reading a, a pa- the paper. It's in the paper here. And uh, they're basically telling, uh, it's a state to consumers, you know, don't eat, don't eat the raw milk cheese. And uh, so I went and talked to this guy, and half the stuff in the paper ain't even true. This is what they're saying. Um, the, the State Department of Agriculture is advising people to throw out raw milk cheese purchased from the Paradise Area Farmer, and it gives the name and address. And it goes on to say... They can advise people, man. They can advise people that planet Nehru. What are you going to... It's just like I said. It's like when Alex Jones was advising people to buy his uh, shelters to live under the ground because planet Nehru was going to kill us. So what? You take it under advisement. You say, okay, your advice is taken under advisement. Yeah, I'm a man. I'm going to decide for myself. But thank you for telling me. Right. there's, There's nothing wrong with them telling you, man. Because like I say to people... When people say to me they want natural raw milk, I said, no, you don't. They're like, what? I said, no, you don't. They're like, why? I said, do you understand how much blood? Do you understand how much hair follicles are in natural milk? Do you understand there's a difference between A, AA, and AAA milk? And they go, what's that? Well, it depends how much pus and blood and hair is in each milk sample. I said, you know when they fucking milk. They're supposed to shave the udders. They're supposed to. But if you want natural, hardcore, blood, pus, hairy milk, oh, yeah, they got that available. So if you want real, natural, hardcore milk, well, you'll get blood in it, you'll get pus in it, you'll get hair follicles in it. You really want natural, natural, natural milk. Or do you want somebody to at least shave the udders, straight out the hair follicles, straight out the pus and the blood? Or do you really want hardcore milk? So, see, like I'm saying, if you really want natural, hardcore motherfucking milk just straight out of the cow's teeth, oh, boy, you're in for a surprise, but you're going to drink. So, filtration system, yeah, I think I'd like to at least filter it. At least, like, I have to have my mouth a half. <laughs> see, so that's what I'm saying. It sounds all kumbaya and happy and cool to be drinking natural whole milk. Yeah, but you at least got a filter on a damn thing. Well, no, we do it hardcore here. What? Do you shave the udders? No. So I might get a two, three-inch piece of hair in my milk every now and then? Well, yeah, quite often. 
Oh, yeah, well, um, gee, I don't really think I want whole <laughs> natural milk. Thank you for telling me. See, because like I said, they might not tell you. And that's why they, they're supposed to monitor when they bring in a big milk sample and the milk truck comes into the dairy processing plant. They'll, they'll take account of how much, like, uh, impurities are in the milk. They'll take a blood, a pus, or a hair sample, and then they'll grade the milk, and they'll say, okay, that's triple A, or that's double A, or that's single A. Like, that goes to cat food. That goes to making cheese or butter. That goes for drinking milk for human consumption. They'll have different grades when that milk tank flows into the processing plant. So, like I said, you know, if if I was the EPA or FDA, I would explain that to people. Instead of saying, I advise you not to drink whole milk, I'd explain to people, this is what real milk looks like. And when you see what real milk looks like, you say, oh, God, that's nasty. Hey, you know, we're just the FDA here, just showing you the damn picture. This is what it really looks like. Oh, wow. Yeah. That real hardcore milk, this is what you're going to get at the bottom of the pail. This is what it looks like. Oh, shit. Oh, shit, yeah. So, this is why we give it different grades. A, double A, triple A. <laughs> See, that's what's funny, man, how Carl Lentz knows this stupid stuff because they used to work in a dairy. <laughs> so, it's pretty funny. Like, what the hell called it? No. <laughs> and believe me, I don't know a lot. I don't know one billionth of a billionth of what needs to be known. But I do know about this. <laughs> so, that's pretty funny talking about milk. But, yeah, so what do you think that should do? That, that, that the EPA shouldn't warn people about not drinking whole milk? I think uh, Aquila's the only one unmuted right now. The other guy dropped off. Uh, yeah, because my uh, tact, it was probably not the Kumbaya, you know, tact that he probably was thinking he was going to hear. You know, it's just like the guy with MMS. I said, the, the, like the guy... Uh, David, or whatever his name was, man, uh, I said, you know you're selling bleach, right? You know it's bleach. It's a bleaching agent. You know, it's, you know, yes, it's okay. And I don't think people, when they hear me talking on my show, they want me to stand up for the farmers. I will stand up for the farmer. There's no doubt about it. I will stand up for that farmer. If you want to drink whole, hardcore, natural, right out of the teeth, hairy teeth milk, God bless you. I know. <laughs> you know. So city people who might think this kumbaya shit is real cool, great. You know, but, you know, let them see what it really looks like. Let them know the reason why the FDA does the grading. The one people, look, you know, some of these cows might be sick. Some of these cows don't have, you know, a penicillin. Some of these cows, you know, there's pus in it. It's the, you know, all kinds of crazy shit can happen. And we test the milk as it comes through the dairy protect you people. Just like when I worked for ConAgra, you know, they had the FDA was actually in a processing plant. And it was so much fun watching the supervisors try to slide things past the FDA. Why? I don't know because their paychecks wouldn't have changed. But they were like, uh-oh, we put too much salt in there. Uh-oh, we put too much of this. Uh-oh, we didn't put enough of this in. Uh-oh, this batch is probably going to come back bad. Uh-oh, we're going to dump 10,000 gallons of this shit down. Uh-oh, we're going to get in trouble. We're losing another 10,000 gallons of this stuff. I hope the EPA doesn't catch us. I hope we slide it through. It's ridiculous. You're talking about human lives. You're talking about food. Oh, you know, it was healthy choice. It was funny. It was like the healthy choice banquet, uh, 
uh, more than five, five people. That's who I worked for, but it was called ConAgra. So but it was just funny watching the supermarket trying to slice shit through. <laughs> that they knew EPA was not going to pass. So I'm telling you, I, I'm telling you, the farmers, I'm sure they're great, wonderful, beautiful people, but if, you know, if they got a choice of throwing, you know, 500 gallons of milk away or maybe sliding it through and hopefully they get paid for it, I'm not saying all uh, farmers would just, you know, just say, hey, you know what, I hope the EPA doesn't catch us on this one, but, you know, we need to make money, you know, the cows need feed and we're hurting I wouldn't put it past a farmer to sell something that uh, could hurt somebody. And then when they hurt somebody, then who's liable for when that kid gets meningitis or spinal meningitis and the kid gets him in a wheelchair because the farmer wanted to try to slide something past the EPA or try to, you know, not do the proper testing and some kid gets spinal meningitis and winds up in a wheelchair for the rest of his life. Who's going to pay for that poor kid, like my kid, getting spinal meningitis and being in a wheelchair for the rest of his life because a farmer wanted to try to sneak something under the radar. I mean, I understand. I totally get it. I'm not bashing farmers. I'm not promoting the United States government. I'm, I'm trying to find a happy balance. And I'm trying to trying to say, look, we've got to work with these people, both sides. You know, you know, I understand, you know, worried about Monsanto's and the big corporations taking over, but even like a ConAgra, even they try to slide things through the FDA. Even they try to get things over the FDA. I mean, I understand how that works. But, um, like I said, I mean, some farmers brought me to their, uh, their co-op up here. It's a huge place. This guy's world famous. I forgot the man's name, but he's about, uh, about 10 miles from me. But uh, this guy's got all kinds of books. And uh famous man. It's funny. One of the books he wrote was Everything I Do is Illegal. I couldn't believe it. That he actually wrote a book that Everything I Do is Illegal. And that's what I told him. I said, look, I said, hey, man, I asked him if he knows Judge Saunders. And he said, yes, he knows Judge Saunders. And I said, um, and I said, I explained that Judge Saunders is illegal and lawful. And he says, oh, really? Yeah, because I said to Judge Saunders, I'm sure everything I do is illegal. I'm sure talking to you in your court is illegal. I said, uh, I'm sure uh, everything I do is illegal. I said, "So, but so what? I don't care. It's not unlawful. It's just illegal. And he says, and he said, I said, I heard you're the guy who wrote the book. Everything I do is illegal. And he said, yes, I did write that book. And I said, holy crap. I said, that's funny that, you know, I met a guy who's world famous like 10 miles away from me, he wrote a book that everything he does is illegal too. It's like, yeah, everything I do is illegal. Yeah, and so what? <coughs> so the guy's about 10 years older than me, though. I'd say he's in his 60s. <coughs> That's the guy wrote that book. <coughs> but it's just funny that he's 10 miles up the road and he does, like, natural farming techniques and he's got people from all over the world visit him to see his natural farm. And it's funny, I got people from all over the world who come see me to learn the basic common law. It, it's pretty funny. That there's two of us that close together. Wow. Yeah, like, I'm, mute. I'm mute, Bill. I don't see why this dog's a bark like this. Yes, I'm mute, little Bill. 
Well, that's okay, man. You know, if, if nobody else got to say, man, I got no problem. I don't have to do a marathon show, man. I don't have to do a five-hour show. It's already 1230. I've been doing it since 8 o'clock. That's one half an hour since when. I mean, there's nothing wrong with just calling it a night. You know? Yeah. That ain't the New York way. So, yeah, yeah, it is the New York way. I'm done. Yeah, Gus, you could just talk for a little bit longer, and uh, I'm going to get on the chat board. And uh, when you see me on the chat board, you know, you could just uh, end it if you feel like it. But I just want to get on the chat board real quick. Well, if you get on the chat board, you're going to have control of the board, and I'm not going to be able to kill the call. Oh, I see what you're saying. Huh. I mean, you, you can kill the call. Yeah, yeah. But I want to be first. Sorry, I got to get on the board before I kill the call. Yeah, because if I kill a call, I can't get on the board because then you can't open the board up, you know, like the board. If no, I no, I mean, if, if you get on the board and, and you chat, you can chat until you're done chatting. Um, right. But you can, you, you don't have control of the board. I, I don't have anything to say. I'm all set. All right. Yeah, that's good, man. I'm glad. Uh, I, uh, well, the one thing I, I do have to say, I couldn't figure out how to get that off my phone, so I, I forwarded it to... Uh, Mark and, and some other people that I know probably have uh, better access to their phone than I do, and I asked them to put it all to put it into the Skype group. Yeah, but like I said, it, I mean it was fine with that Jeffrey guy. I don't mind, man, when people do that shit. But like I said, you got to be careful, man, when you put shit on YouTube and you say somebody's criminally charged and he hasn't been criminally charged. And it was yeah. fine how we started reading the saying, well, considering the court has a hearing to the probable cause, yeah, well, that hearing ain't until February. So why should some poor bastard have to sit in family court, a real big boy, with no bail and no bond? That's that's ridiculous. I mean, I mean I'm pretty sure it's the Eighth Amendment that says no excessive fines or bails. Yeah, that's it. Capital offenses. And I know every state has the same exact kind of basic human right and right of every man to have the ability to have bail. Well, I mean, uh, in, New Hampshire, people, in New but, Hampshire, you guys, they have 72 hours to charge you. Yeah. Oh, yeah, but this is family court. See, this is what people understand. Family yeah. court is administrative. It's like saying you're going to Homeland Security Court. Indefinite detention. We don't have to charge you. It's administrative. It's not judicial. This is not, he's not in a judicial court. He's in an administrative court. He's in a Coca-Cola or Pepsi court. He's like a Coca-Cola employee being charged with Coca-Cola, having under Coca-Cola hearings and administration. You can't use the Constitution if you're an employee for Coca-Cola. He's, he, can't, he has no like constitutional rights. He has no rights as a man. He, the judge is his mommy, and he's the baby boy, and he's screwed. Until mommy judge says that he could blink, fought, wipe his ass, and do anything. It's insane. I mean, family court is not court. I, they shouldn't even be allowed to call it court. They shouldn't be allowed to have it in that building. Yeah, they, right. It should be like Coca-Cola. How dare Coca-Cola have Coca-Cola court in a public building? It's ridiculous. It should not be in a judicial building. It should be in an administrative building somewhere or a a uh, place where we have arbitration, or a place where we have mediation, you know, some civic center or something like that, but not courthouse. If Coca-Cola is doing, you know, hold it, if Coca-Cola wants to have hearings, they can do it in, in their building, and if DCS 
or I mean, uh, if uh, child services wants to have a hearing, they can do it in a child services building. Right. That's where everybody should meet up. That's right. They should just meet up at CPS's mobile home or DFAC or whatever you want to call them, right, DHS's. Right, because they've given people the impression that they're a court and that they have rights, and they have the right to see the case file. They have the right to cross-examine the accuser. They have a right to trial by jury. They have a right to have a fair and speedy trial. No, they don't. They could drag Frank on for years before they move him over. It's insane what they could fucking do to a man in family court. That's why when they, as someone's me to pay in family court, I just sent them a hell of a letter. Said you are out of your effing mind if you think I'm walking into a court that is not under a judicial authority or control. I said you've got to be kidding if you think I'm crazy enough. You know, to walk into some place that could hold me in contempt with no bail, no bond, and hold me indefinitely. I said, look, I'm not a legal person. I'm not a member of your family. I'm not a Virginia citizen. I'm not a U.S. citizen. I said, I'm a man. You look at me, you look at man. I didn't say, I'm looking at any man. I said, I am man. You see me, you see man. There is nothing else before you but man. If a man summons me to appear, I will appear. When man summons me to appear, I will appear for any man summons but I'm not going to appear for an administrative tribunal. I said a civil administrative tribunal hearing officers hearing. I'm not going to do it. I said, you are not a judge. I said, you're a civil administrative tribunal hearing officer. Now, when you want to summons me as a man, you are a man or a woman. I will appear gladly before you. But I'm not going to appear because a civil administrative tribunal hearing officer summons a man to appear. That's ridiculous. That's like a pine cone telling me to show up. You have no authority or jurisdiction over man or man's property. So I was like, just do as you wish. <coughs> and you'll see them saying, well, we're going to issue a warrant for the arrest. Oh, really? At an administrative oh. hearing, really. <clears throat> and I'm not a Virginian, <clears throat> really. That's like a that's like a Cherokee Indian down the road saying, well, I'll call you with someone to appear before our tribunal. Yeah, and am I a fucking Indian? Well, no. Well, then what makes you think you have the power and authority to come here into white man's world and drag me over into your Cherokee nation land? Show me, where do you believe that happens? Where, what, what universe do you believe that could happen in? I'm not a legal person. This is a legal matter. You know, when you want to summons me as a man, you summons me as a man. You want to summons me as a legal person, here it is. Here's your birth certificate. Here's your driver's license. Here's your legal person. It ain't me. It's yours. All yours. I didn't create it. It ain't mine. Oh, that paperwork I wrote? Oh, my God. That's some damn good shit. <laughs> oh yeah, my mom said when she handed that into the court clerk's office, man, she said it was like five pages. It's it, like standing, status, summons, appearance, special appearance, like five different things I gave, five different notices. She said that, that she was handing them over to the fucking court clerks. They were all standing around reading them. My mom said that she's like, "What the hell you're writing?" But holy cow, man, she said, "Man, they were reading it." And they said when they got into the fucking uh, hearing the next day, she said they spent two and a half hours over your shit. It was all, it was all 
ridiculous. It should have been over in 10 seconds. It was just Hello? Postal Service is saying that the children should stay in their custody and they would rubber stamp it and it would have been in. Hey, hey Carl. Hey, hey, what? Oh, hey. Hey, this is, hey, this is can I ask a question? The guy with the what? May I ask a question? Sorry to interrupt. No, you're not. Well, go ahead. Um, okay. <laughs> Hello, Carl. I'll ask it anyway. Hey. Yeah, I don't know if Gus is on the call or not, but we, uh, Gus and I talked about a little bit. Um, yeah, go ahead. Ask your question. A few weeks ago, yeah. So we've got an interesting situation going on here. Uh, I know there's a, uh, a number of folks who have had trouble getting their, their, uh, their courts uh, going or getting, getting their paperwork 